It's also a smaller screen, so I don't, you know, like my my eyeball real estate is. is so how big is, how big is the screen you're playing on now? I think it's it's an extra wide, so I don't even know how it's measured. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I, like it's still like I got black bars. Forty inches or fifty on both sides. I got black bars or on like the top or recording. It's, so. it's similar to that. Sim- really similar to that right there. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I think this is like a twenty-three inch screen or something. Yeah, but I know they measure it diagonal, right? Yeah, yeah. So this is an extra wide. I think it probably. I don't know how it measures. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Fuck. So you're way better at Rocket League now. Instantly. I didn't know there was input lag. I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I mean, I feel like really stupid it's right now. It's a huge thing. And huh. Carl Swagen, if you're listening to this, I want a, a rematch <laughs> in, uh, in Rocket League. <laughs> so. We actually played for. Really? We were going to play for point one Bitcoin about a couple of years ago. Yeah, he probably creamed you. I, I played with him one no, time, by the way. Uh, it, I was. He destroyed me. He did beat me three. He beat me three three games in a row, but they were good. Honestly, Kevin, I don't think he touched the ground one time the whole game. Yeah, he was like flying around like an airplane. It was yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. God damn! Like, okay, Fortnite's better. I gotta. I gotta try one of these. Well worth it. Wow. Oh, holy fuck. Did you do notes? I did. Really? I didn't even open them. I didn't even, <laughs> <laughs> didn't even look. I didn't even look. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you, you, did you look through, like, Merkel to do it? Uh, Yeah, mostly. mostly. And some things I could remember from okay. this week, but I probably missed something. It's really funny. I could like, probably missed a lot of shit. I just expect nothing from you, so I didn't even look. Well, so when you expect nothing <laughs> from me and I bring something... I'm very pleased. Very pleased. Yeah. yeah, man. You have a job now too, right? So, yeah. So it's like, uh, what's that? Nothing. <laughs> 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 for now. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, I, like I'm, I'm always amazed that anyone will hire you. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> My God. Okay. Everything is terrible. Everything's bad. Yeah. You, you, you started, Sean. What, what happened this week? Hey, everybody, this is Junseth. <laughs> hey, everyone, this is Junseth. You're listening to Junseth's World. I'm here with my co-host, Sean, and Kevin. There we go. That's it. Yeah. Um, there have been uh, some interesting things going on this week. We had, a, we had like, a kind of weird price pamp. I don't know if we I know. That, that. That's probably the most important thing to, to that, talk about. That does get everybody kind of excited. And and hot and bothered. Hot and bothered hot and, and bothered. stuff. Dude, did you know that when you flush a toilet on an airplane, your poop <laughs> shoots out of that thing at 300 miles an hour? Is that real? That's apparently real. I thought that. I thought they. I thought people thought that, and then they're like, "No, that's not what happens." No, apparently it is. Like, well, not. It doesn't shoot out <laughs> of the airplane. It shoots out of like the toilet in like into a tank. I'm sure. You're not like raining poop down on the people. Oh, well, like, when you say shooting out of the airplane, I'm no, it shoots out of the totally toilet. The it's like oh, it just disintegrates everywhere, and then yeah. there's just this, tiny that particles would be, of shit everywhere. That would be. No, 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 no. So, so, so we get shot out of the toilet into like a container. I, that... I don't know. I'm not the designer of poop-based uh, acceptance is systems. It, is this how those Boeing planes went down? Uh, that's probably what <laughs> happened. It was probably like a poop-based missile. That yeah. like, no, but apparently at like thirty-two thousand feet or something like that, the atmospheric pressure causes this weird phenomenon, and and that's why toilets on airplanes are you know four thousand decibels or whatever they are. Hmm. I didn't know this. So the only reason I know it is because there was an article that came out today that like said a physicist had invented a quieter airplane toilet. 
And I was looking through it. It talks about how, like, airplane toilets are loud because of the poop missile. Huh. Which I thought was... Well, astounding. is it because it needs to do... It needs to perform suction yeah. into the container. So it has to suck really hard. It doesn't suck really hard. It's just that, like... Uh, so, so is I, that why it's a lot? Well, that means... As plumbers here, as professional plumbers, <laughs> you and I, um, I think toilets work basically on vacuum, vacuum sealing technology. And uh, and I, I just think vacuums work differently way up there, and in Australia. I thought it'd be like due to water pressure, like. Well, I think it is. I think I think that that would be it. It would be water pressure would raise the level to like you know yeah. have the vacuum begin its process of sucking. Yeah. You know. Oh, speaking of sucking, the other thing I put in here at the top was uh, your PayPal shit. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's yeah, start there. Yeah. So you, I, I saw, got banned I, from PayPal. I saw you tweet this. I, told, I saw you tweet this shit out that you got banned from PayPal. Which yeah. I was like, oh, they banned Judd Seth. They shit. did. Yeah. So so what happened? Uh, I said some racist things, and then they <laughs> no, I, <laughs> <laughs> nothing. Literally nothing. They're they're telling. Okay, so I get I logged into my pay. Okay, so in 1996, I think it was or 1997, I opened a PayPal account. And uh, I opened it. Oh, you were an it. early adopter. I was super early because I, <laughs> because because uh, eBay at the time was like it was PayPal and eBay. Mm. They had this like synergistic sort of uh, love fest, and you know they they didn't really exist without each other. So in order to use eBay, you needed to use PayPal. And if you were me uh, and every other Beanie Baby collector on, in the world, you needed an eBay account, so you needed a PayPal account. So I was uh, buying eBay's or Beanie Babies back then. And had to buy on eBay, so I had a PayPal account early on. And then this week, I went and I bought a Beanie Baby, uh, one of the rare ones that I can now uh, occasionally afford as an, a reward for myself. This one's a Digger, the Orange Crab Beanie Baby. It's rare. First generation. Uh, they made them red later. So, And, uh, and then I, I went into the PayPal account to, to pay for it, and it said I was summarily banned, and they no longer want to do business with me. Because of safety stuff. So I called them up and they said that I had submitted a fraudulent passport as ID. But that I could prove I could prove my identity if I sent my license. So I sent my license and they, they said, well, no, that's fraudulent too. What? That's what I said. I, I, like, I, I, did, I don't know. I, I got on some weird list, I feel like, and now there's just nothing I can do about it. Did they? Well, you never sent them a passport ever. I sent them. I sent them a picture of my passport during the process of like they they like locked the account. Uh, Ask Tidwell. He tried to send me money through PayPal like a month ago. It's funny because I looked at my transaction history. I've used PayPal I think four times in the last three years. Mm -hmm. So you know, Tidwell tried to send me money just recently. It didn't work. We couldn't figure it out. So I logged in. And it said that I needed to update, like, documents and identity stuff. So I did all the KYC. Mm -hmm. uh, as a Bitcoiner, I should have known better. And then I got this alert saying that I'd submitted a fraudulent passport, which they said they knew when I called them because they ran the numbers through a system and it tells them whether it's fraudulent or not. But then I checked online and it says that only the government can do that. So I think it would actually be illegal if they had, like, that machine. <laughs> but I don't know. I, like, I'm, it's weird and I feel like yeah. I feel very helpless about it, and I st I have no idea why I'm banned. Zero idea. Because they, all they've said is that your documents were fraudulent. Right, which, which they are, aren't. I know they're not. not. Right. And they could confirm that they're not by asking me on Twitter. If they are. 
or email or anywhere. Like it's it's not hard to like. They could just call me and say, "Hey, did you just submit a passport like my credit cards do?" And right. and I'd be like, "Yes, yes, I did." So they also have like twenty years of of history with me, where they could like they, everything else on there seems fine and has always been fine, and all of a sudden now, like uh, you know, my like they think that the person who I am is not the person I am, or they're saying that at least. I, I just I feel like there's more to yeah. this. Yeah. There's always identity verification crap, you know, they can do if they're not sure who you are. I also wouldn't be surprised if they're running it through AI. In the AI. AI. (laughs) You're a Bitcoin maximalist. Why do you even care? I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I actually do. Just use Bitcoin, bro. (laughs) Yeah, I would have. No, I care immensely because, like, it's harder to buy Beanie Babies out. (laughs) There's a lot more that I want to, like, get. I'm a little worried that I'm going to get, like, banned from eBay before I can, like, finish my collection. And that would be a fate worse than death. It would be real difficult to find somebody else to order for you. Right. Would you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 it's my crack. So, like, uh, that's... You know, it, it, would, it, was, it was a weird thing that happened this week. I, I really don't know what to do about it. Honestly. Nothing I can do. Because we've been talking about how people are getting banned from these platforms, like especially PayPal, which right. is the... The financial stuff is the, yeah. weird, the really weird shit. My yeah. money's on it. You spoke to an incompetent rep. And I spoke to two. Oh, okay. One of them said to me, and I quote, why are you trying to fix it? We don't want to do business with you anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... Uh... Really? Yes. <laughs> I was astounded. Astounded. Oh, dude. <laughs> it was... my, for, for, my mouth's open at that. My, yeah. My like mouth that... was open. I was like, what? Why are you even trying to fix it? We don't want to do business with you anymore. Yeah, you probably gave the guy some attitude, and he was just lashing out. <laughs> yeah, you, right. Did you say? Yeah. Did you say? Did you say something that may have? Yes. <laughs> probably. Okay, so it was like a John Seth. Uh, well, you know, I, you know I, I do, I, I do, uh, I engage customer service when I'm mad. Yeah. In the way that I engage people on Twitter when yeah. I'm happy. Yeah. yeah there we so. go. <laughs> but still, to say like, why are you trying to fix this? We don't want to do business with you. Oh, it's a weird statement, but it's I was very, reading online, and apparently that's actually not uncommon. Like, other people have been told that. So I, I feel like it's actually a line they're giving their reps. Weirdly. And then I would ask for a manager, and they would put me into a hold forever. That's when they hang up on you. That's my right, favorite Right, that's move. right. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll get oh. you. Oh, yeah, I'll get you a manager. He's been waiting 45 minutes. Like an hour and a half later, it's like, this call is over. Yeah. Goodbye, um, and then like you're like you're like okay, uh, yeah. So I, I, I weirdest experience. I have no idea. Uh, it rivals my getting banned from Amazon uh, like ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you mean the the one when you uh... my, my father did something and then they banned me. Yeah, because I I I guess I logged into the same computer he used when I was a kid. So I got this like I have this email. I was like 16 years old, maybe 40 years old. Yeah, I think my age. <laughs> so something, something. I was like 16, yeah. and and I get like this. Uh, I get this like email that says, "Hey, sorry, your account's been banned." And I, it's like what? It's like yeah, due to activity on it. It was like I don't know what you're talking about. So you know, it was it was my dad had had his ban the week before, and they said that I was tied to his account, and they like banned like me and like my entire family from from selling specifically. It's very weird, like. This stuff's been going on for a long time. 
and you know the, the PayPal one's weird. The weirdest thing about the PayPal one was the language that they used when they banned me was like very much the trust and safety shit. Okay. It was like, oh, we, we care largely about um, keeping our community safe, and therefore we've decided not to do business with you anymore. Meanwhile, I, you know, I call and ask, and they're like, yeah, it's because your you know, passport's fraudulent. So I don't know. That's In the case that it's, I mean, obviously your passport is not fraudulent, uh, assuming it's, it's obviously not expired, it seems like an easy remedy. If You'd that's... think so. Yeah, but you would have thought that, like, submitting my real passport would have been an easy remedy to, like, the question of, like, a fraudulent passport. I literally submitted a picture of my real passport, and it was, it, you know, rejected as fraudulent. So I, I'm very weirded out by it. And it's uh, it's confusing. Are you still pursuing resolution, or do you think you are you just going to let it let it be? I want them to tell me that I got banned for hate speech or something. You want to know then, why? Because then there, then then I feel like I can actually like do something about it. I don't think that you're going to get a reason. Oh, they keep giving me reasons. They say that it was a fraudulent passport. Ah. Uh. So, like, I would rather... But that's obviously not true, so... Uh, right. So, I, I'm just saying, like, I would rather be banned for hate speech. I've never, like, wanted to be banned for, like, that specific cause so much uh, compared to now. Because, like, wh- like, right now, like, nobody will listen. It's not like I can go and, like, call my senator or something like that and be like, PayPal banned me because I submitted a fraudulent passport, but I didn't. You know, it's, it's just, like, a very uninteresting, like, we just decided not to work with them. But, like, hate speech at least has a bunch of people who there's sort of a social movement behind, like, making sure that that doesn't, you know, infiltrate these organizations and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that the, like, that reasoning doesn't infiltrate uh, people getting removed from these platforms. But it's, it's very weird. I just it's, – it feels very helpless. Luckily, it's not a big part of my life. My, my main worry is that there's, like, a weird list out there that I'm on and, and going to, like, lose my, you know, access to these other accounts. And Venmo wasn't affected. That that's what blew my mind because PayPal owns Venmo. Yeah, you'd think that it would be like summarily dismissed from both, right? But you're not. I got banned on PayPal. Venmo's still active. I don't even use Bitcoin, bro. <laughs> <laughs> huh? That, unless their systems are just uh, like they they have a segregation there. Yeah, I don't know uh, how they run that. I don't know. That's the, the it, that's so bizarre. Yeah, the what? whole thing is weird. How many of the people that we know that have gotten banned from PayPal, like when when they've gone through the process of disputing that, have gin, have been given reasons that are related to like documents being fraudulent? I, I've never heard of it. I couldn't even find examples online, but I'm sure there are some. I just couldn't find any. Maybe maybe, maybe that's the new way to go. It could be. They, they say that instead of hate speech. Well, it's like it's easy to just say that because. Yeah, if, if 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 the government actually steps in to like figure that out, then they can always be well, like, I'm "Oh, just, we, we, like, we made a mistake, right?" But otherwise, oh, it's like, "Oh, darn. Well, but who's gonna who's gonna get? No one's gonna give a fuck if it's fraudulent passport, right?" Like, oh, well, we thought it was fraudulent. We were doing our due yeah. diligence. Yeah, it's like when you we go to the club and the guy doesn't let you in because he says, "Oh, your ID's fake." Yeah, and it's a real ID. Like, who, what are you gonna do? Call the cops? Right. Like maybe, but by by that time, the bar doesn't. You know, the place doesn't give a shit. Yeah, and no one's gonna like kick you out, right? I, I like it's it's the weirdest thing I've ever experienced. I, I have no idea what to do. I've been on the phone with them for like a couple hours, and then at some point I was like, you know, I never use PayPal, so I guess just leave it for now, as long as it's not affecting other parts of my life. 
Yeah. It was it was just it was more the pride. Mm. My pride was hurt. So well, it's also where, where where does this like like we talk about people getting banned from these platforms, but then when you experience it. Well, what I'm amazed at is that there's no sort of the, the only people that seem to really give each other support on this stuff to to you know cry out are you know the people with twenty thousand and a hundred thousand Twitter followers and such. Mm-hmm. And it just it's it's very strange to kind of watch this sort of coalition of people that will defend one another and make sure that they don't get banned. But people with a smaller voice, they don't seem to care about. Which I suppose is how the world works. But it was surprising to me that literally only the Bitcoiners that uh, follow me, you know, cared about it. Anybody that was, you know, additionally added to the conversation, nothing said. These things are big problems. I think that getting banned from these platforms is a really bad thing, generally, for almost any reason. Now, I get it. Like, if you have a subpoena in hand and the government says, ban this person, you know, I suppose you have cause there. But if you don't, I don't know how you can restrict people's access to things like financial services and stuff without a good reason. Mm. Right? Banks do it by making it costly. You have to have this much in your bank account. You have to... Uh, give a certain amount, you know, put a certain amount in every month in a deposit or whatever. So banks make it costly to have a bank account or they, you know, charge you for checking or something like that, but they make it costly. PayPal just takes it. Mm. You know, there's no way to, you are done with that now. And, and Chase has been doing that now too with people. They're banning a number of conservative accounts. I haven't heard of other banks doing it, but conservatives in particular seem to be targeted. So it, it, it gets weird. I think when you start moving people from being, you know, normal, sort of social, socially acceptable people into this realm of, like, you're othered and you're, you're, no, you're no longer able to access basic services, and that gets fucked. Gets fucked. Yeah, it's really fucked. Yeah. Anyhow, Bitcoin pamped. Yeah. <laughs> April 1st. <laughs> Best April 1st ever. Yeah. Or do we know why? Well, this is the day after April 1st, but... It wasn't. Yeah, it pam- started on April 1st. The pamp was. I don't think so. Wasn't it like three in the morning of set the second? I think so. Yeah, because I remember being a, because one of the one of the theories was that all of the April Fool's jokes reached China and like China like thought it was real, like Luke's proposal about uh, a fifty thousand minimum Bitcoin transaction. Yeah, <laughs> or, or price. I thought it was the one that the and SEC uh, approves the ETF or that one. Yeah, yeah. out of the blue, that was yeah, the like surprise approval. Surprise. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe. I don't know. But it, like, it was a very like quick one. Oh, it shot up like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. I, I haven't seen Bitcoin jump that quickly in forever. Ever, maybe, percentage-wise. It, dude, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it went from, I don't know, 2,000 to 5,000 in like five minutes. It was so quick. No, it went from 4,000 to 5,000. 4,000 to 5,000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're still talking about twenty five percent within the. It went up fifteen percent in a day. It, it was, but, but is, when it started, it was like five minutes. It felt like it was like no time. Yeah, it was. It was fast. Yeah, it's kind of it. But I saw today there's there's reports of like uh, you know an, some anon- anonymous person was buying Bitcoin in you know thousand lot increments or something like that. Mm. So, I mean, it, the the jumps in prices are always weird because first of all they're quasi random. And who would have thought that April first would like start a weird bubble? Yeah, a buble. 
So Maybe. the best estimate is that was about a hundred million dollars injection. Is that what they think? That's what I read in in one of the pieces that came out this wow. week. Wow. Fuck. Moves the market cap fifteen percent. What was interesting to me about the whole thing was that all of the other coins followed, but they weren't following by the same percentage. Like every time we've ever seen Bitcoin go up, I feel like we've always seen it with basically everything moving together. Bitcoin rises 10%. All the other coins rise 10%. This time it was weird. It was Bitcoin rises 10%. Bitcoin cash was up like 55%. And then the following day, the coins that didn't rally rallied. Right. Something. I mean, it was it's weird uh, patterns. And then they dropped. Bitcoin dropped something like 4%. And I saw others were dropping much harder. So it was it was a weird sort of decorrelated time. <laughs> like I've never, I, I, they always rally together. And this one, this one, they didn't seem to. Not in the There's same gotta, way. Someone's got to be acting as a market maker on I'm that. I'm telling you, something's weird. I mean, they're correlated like, uh, like specific that, stocks in the sector are correlated. Right. I like that, like, uh, George Soros uh, puppet, puppet picture. Master. I like that, the puppet master. You see that one? Uh, maybe. like George uh, Soros, George by Singer, it. holding all of the cryptos. Oh, okay. In his hand, you know? Yeah. I like that one. Uh, but yeah, that could be it. <laughs> no, I, I I think it's funny to accuse George Soros of all this stuff. Yeah, but yeah, it it was a weird it was a weird day. I've never seen. I don't think uh, I don't think people get excited and they're like, oh, it's the we're, it's the next bull run. But I don't think so. everyone thinks. Well, you you've been through it now. You've been through a bunch of like these false positives. Yeah. Now now I'm like, eh, I don't know. And one real one real run. Yeah. Which you're, is you're not sold. Huh? You're not you're not sold on this rally? No, because it just doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't feel the same. Like it, it's just not. Like like for example, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like it, it doesn't. It does, are like, you sold? Are like, you getting like, calls from friends yet? I have. <laughs> People are excited. Yeah, but I don't. The looking at other people is a weird. Like it, it sometimes makes sense to make a measurement. Oh, it makes like, no sense to make a sample well, size of three. Like or for example, two. the last time, the last twenty seventeen, like a lot of people were reaching out, like a lot of people. But like, like that's like another layer of all of our network of people that start reaching out, and that doesn't really cover even that doesn't cover all of you that could potentially buy. So like for the next round, right? Because like every time, every time there's more people coming in, so like. We also have multiple avenues now compared to the last time with yeah. Square App, Robinhood. Yeah, you know, there's thousands more ATMs across the you know than 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 existed even just two years ago. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Uh, I just I just like you. You meet a lot more people now who like recently got in and they're into crypto to a certain extent. They're they're into maybe buying some Bitcoin. Like people re- ask, you know, oh, should, you know, what should I do? And then you know, oh, they're starting to buy a little bit every week or something. And you get more of that, but what, you know, like how many people do you, each of us, I feel like all the Bitcoiners, we all have stories of people reaching out to us at this point. Yeah. And it's like, well, like using that as a metric of something, like, I don't know if that's, cause like, it's kind of like, like you're, you're in your own bubble. So but I like, feel like I've been supremely unhelpful in every other bubble. So maybe they'll stop, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was assume like, well, you know, I was pretty unhelpful last time. So maybe that's why I don't get calls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking yeah. Oh, did you see the women in blockchain conference or uh, talk at, at Cab? Oh, God, yeah. I watched the whole thing. 
Yeah. Did you watch you, the rest of it, huh? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. I think I got a couple minutes <laughs> in. I had to stop. Oh, it was so dumb. What I love is the... You see it all the time. Is the fake? Uh, I got in. I got in in twenty eleven. <laughs> I, I don't know one person who got in the last year that wasn't in by twenty eleven. Twenty twelve is the year I think is the sweet spot. People are kind of going with. I, I've been hearing a lot of twenty elevers lately. Yeah, tons. Twenty eleven. She said twenty twelve. Unless unless one. She said twenty twelve. Yeah, yeah okay. twenty twelve is like like that's that. If you go earlier than that, people are going to be like, we knew who everybody was. And like you have to be, like you have to be. What they don't know is that 2012, everyone like did some too. random chick who's like, oh, I'm in yeah. the blockchain. Like I, you, you were not here in 2011. What's funny is that there's only a couple moments you could have gotten either. in, right? There's like you have to have a, like a real story. Yeah. And if you got in in 2012, I think that was the Schumer year. I think that was the year Schumer like announced on TV you could buy yeah. uh, drugs with, with, <clears throat> with this fake money, and the instant he announced, the price rallied. He went on TV, showed everybody how to how to access Silk Road. Yeah, it was one of the most astounding news reports ever. Was was twenty twelve the Slashdot article? I think twenty eleven, like November or something. Okay, I think. Okay, because because there's a couple things like that that happened that people had heard of. Otherwise, you would have never heard. The of pizza it. was twenty eleven, right? Ye- or twenty ten? I, I can yeah. never remember. Like I think I think the pizza was twenty ten. Might have been twenty. Okay, because because because, because by twenty ten too. After a year, that was the first purchase, which makes sense. Yeah, twenty ten. It's interesting. No one. Like I'll, I tend to think that there were plenty of people trading, and everyone's like, ah, fuck. Yeah. I could I could have like just declared mine the first purchase, but that one just in the history of it kind of yeah. cemented itself. I made the first Bitcoin cash purchase. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> that should piss them off. <laughs> uh, and I got a pizza, which Mike Tidwell sent me. Yeah, but the Bitcoin Cash people say that the first Bitcoin Cash purchase was the pizza from Laszlo. Uh, right? I think the first no. Bitcoin. No, I think <laughs> I think it's mine. Yeah. yeah, I think it's even confirmed on Reddit that I, I made the first. Oh, one. Oh, they actually ran with that. Well, they were arguing about well, it. Well, Mike's like, sh- "No, here's a transaction ID. You did it first. <laughs> and 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 I did video on it. And I put the video. I posted the video. Uh, I met a a lady on my way to get the pizza. Have you seen this video? I remember watching it. <laughs> yeah, you picked, so, you picked up a <laughs> with with Ted Walker, right? something like that. Yeah, <laughs> that was definitely a hooker. Yeah, uh, so <laughs> she needed a ride home. <laughs> So, Tidwell paid Bitcoin to a pizza place down here that accepts Bitcoin for pizza, and then I paid Tidwell Bitcoin cash in exchange for the pizza, which is exactly how the first pizza transaction worked, but with credit cards and Bitcoin. That counts. Right. I agree. If that coin wins the race, you're going to be like a legend. I'm gonna, I know. I'm, I'm the, I'm <laughs> yeah. the new asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, what I'll do is I'll delete all of my like criticism of Bitcoin cash. Just delete it. And be like that. What do you mean? What do you mean? I don't like Bitcoin Cash. <laughs> I made the first purchase, and I'll start referencing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hedge. <laughs> the, the Bitcoin Cash rally is interesting because, like, <laughs> everybody who held Bitcoin Cash is, you know, happy. Although I think no, it was, you're not. You know, you're not happy. <clears throat> the, the exchange rate would have been way better if you'd sold it right away, or even months after. That's true. It did hold pretty steady, didn't it, yeah. for a long time? Yeah. It's a Bitcoin SV I'm excited about. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking jumped too. Not as much. Well, be, well, aren't people? I jumped huge. Isn't SV the people that are like trying to put like all types of shit into the 
blockchain into their blockchain? I think so. Yeah, I, I was having an, ar- an argument with somebody today about that. Yeah, uh, I'm not 100 percent clear on what the factions are at this point in relation to the trading symbols on exchanges. Right. I think I know. So Bitcoin but Cash is Bitcoin ABC now, right? But what yeah. is it? BCH. What's the I think I think most of the time they're delineating it with ABC, or a lot of them are. Bitcoin ABC. Yeah, which isn't clear to so anybody. Who's, so who's, So then, who's BCH now? Nobody. Really? Yeah. Uh, it can't they, be nobody. It's too valuable. I, this is a tone vase question. I have no idea. It's not like I'm like <laughs> regularly. But it's crazy because I thought I thought SV was trade on exchange was Craig Wright and Calvin Air, but yeah, now well, I'm not sure if they're feuding. Here's my question. Here, so here's the thing: <laughs> they're gonna have another split. Craig Wright believes himself to be Satoshi, mm. right? Yeah. So he names his blockchain Satoshi's Vision (SV). So why didn't he just name it Craig Wright's Vision? Like Bitcoin CW or something. <laughs> I think he kind of walked that back and alluded more to the fact that it was a team at times. Yeah, he hasn't held it's firm. It's my vision. Well, the, yeah, that's that's <laughs> kind of him walking that claim back a little bit, I, right. would, I would think. Well, I mean, Satoshi, not me, but Satoshi. But I'll sue you. He's, you had, others, he's had other yeah. slips like that, too. Uh, other worse ones online where he said things <laughs> that you <laughs> would never say about somebody else or, or about if it was yourself. Well, I, just, like, I, I like those. Like, well, you know, like uh, what Satoshi would have said back, back in 2009. Yeah. What he would have said. Yeah. That's the, that's the principle <laughs> I believe. <laughs> I am Satoshi. Like, it's, the, the whole, his, his whole thing is weird. Like, I keep wondering if he's fully convinced himself that he was, in fact, Satoshi. I think he's good enough to pull the wool over enough people's eyes. I mean, look how easy this blockchain phenomenon isn't he, isn't is going down. is he actually down. sending, like, warnings to people who are... I think he's filing complaints, or he's threatening to file complaints. Yeah. There are some legal firms sending people shit, apparently. Like, that's what, that's what people are... I feel like those letters are going to be collector's items. <laughs> There's going to be like eight of them. They're going to be like the peanut, the royal blue elephant of uh, Bitcoin. There aren't going to be many produced. They'll all be the same. You gotta get, we gotta I got to get one. You got to get one. I really want one. Yeah, but then they banned, then they, they banned him from Twitter, didn't they? I don't want it. Craig, I don't want one. I want one of someone else's. <laughs> <laughs> Send it to Sean. <laughs> Me. I believe you're Satoshi for what it's worth. <laughs> Sean, on the other hand, is a little skeptical. It was like it was that uh, it was that the tweet about counter, uh, the counter party burn address, bro. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was what got you right. That was that's why you don't. Maybe later on, I'll provide you some evidence as to why he is. Yeah. Um, so Peter Risen, Risen, is it Risen? I feel like it's Risen. Risen. Rising? No, I don't know. Risen. Risen. <laughs> is it Risen? Peter is it Isn't Risen the thing that kills you? Yeah, it's like a poison. Yeah. Did you have to ask that? Uh, <laughs> well, I don't. I'm a moron. I don't know. <laughs> Peter Rising. Peter Rising. Uh, so he was critiquing the Lightning Network. He said that any transactions under two cents are not trustless. So it's it's done. Lightning's over. Can't trust it. Yeah, you can't trust it. It's it's uh it's it's completely flawed. And I just like a world where like one guy's like combing <laughs> the chain for like two cent transactions and just like stealing them and becoming rich. It's like an office space kind of thing. <laughs> How'd you get so rich? Well, you know, two cent transactions are not trustless, and everyone's trying to send sub penny transactions on a Lightning Network. So I, I just took uh, all of them. I took them all. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did Dry just say? Well, so here's 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 what's going on. Ryzen was like 
payments below a certain amount are not trustless because you can't really do tiny payments on Lightning like that because you have a minimum of what you can put onto Bitcoin, for example, in, in two different ways. So there's, there's the idea is you can't settle so for, the chain. So is that what, what he was mostly talking about was the dust limit, right? So if I open a channel with Kevin, with my however much I put on, it doesn't matter. But I make a micro payment below that threshold. It that, does matter. Can you fund it with like f- five bucks or a dollar? Well, or $20? I can fund the channel with as much as I want. But, but what's the, the minimum? It's the like, point that if you settle the chain, so it's the like mi- dust. So right. Ah. So be right. So so I I so Lightning allows like really tiny fucking payments. And the second thing here is that it actually allows t- payments smaller than what the consensus limit is. But right. We'll talk. We'll get that sub point. sub Satoshi. I, as far as I understand it, there's two things to consider here. The first one is the dust limit. That that. So the dust limit is basically like the limit that Bitcoin allows a transaction to be, be mostly because like. It, it, co- it costs I, too much. Yeah, if I to if I, if I yeah. send you like let's just say like a tenth of a cent, something really tall, and that's like lower than the dust limit. Sounds high. The idea is that like that the the transaction fee is going to be more than the than than the value of the thing. So like even Maxwell points out that like if you are trying to send a transaction that is uh, like the the output amount the value is lower than like the transaction fee like that like. There's a limit where Bitcoin transactions have zero value. Right. Um, so in a Lightning channel or pay whatever, like if I try to pay that to you, like now the state, the, the balance of the channel differs mm-hmm. where you're getting that really tiny payment. But if you try to like close that channel out and take that money, you'll get zero. It's not, it, you're, you, you can't do that Be, because one of the dust limit and depending on how small it is, you have an issue with uh, just the, the minor fee, right? Well, you have an issue with Lightning. Apparently, allows values to be route allows payments that are even less than the consensus threshold. So I, I think that I think that means less than like the one Satoshi. Amount. Right. But there's, but that's where Dryger's solution kind of comes into both. Or he has an idea for something. Dryger's solution is like fucking crazy. You read it, right? Yeah. It's. Uh, Do I understand it? I don't no. understand it. But the idea is that the idea <laughs> is that. So if I want to send, they're using uh, values of like either like Pico Bitcoin or Nano Bitcoin. But let's say Nano Bitcoin. So I want to send you one Nano Bitcoin. But the minimum is the Bitcoin so small you can't see without ten, an electron microscope. Is ten Nano Bitcoin. So what he's proposing is something called probabilistic payments. Yeah. Where I would make, uh, like, a probabilistic payment that has a ten percent chance of succeeding, and I would pay you the ten nano bitcoin. With a ten percent chance of succeeding, it would actually pay out just the one nano bitcoin. No idea how that works, and it seems like it's a very new idea, but kind of interesting that. I don't know how it works, but it, it, it's kind of weird. So the, the idea is that you it's make expected values, basically. So the yeah. idea is that, like, because it's ten percent, it's a tenth of a bitcoin, or a tenth of a satoshi. Yeah. Oh, but here's here's the point that Ryzen's making about why it's why it's not trustless. So right now, like, let's go back to let's say let's say nano bitcoin, whatever. Let's say the minimum is a ten nano bitcoin, and I we have a channel, or you're I'm routing through you, whatever. I send you. I want to pay, make a payment to you of six nano Bitcoin, which is below that minimum. What happens is the payment amount is actually ten 
nano Bitcoin, which is the minimum, which would make it. But I'm accounting for the, the remainder of four in the transaction fee. And the idea is that you're not going to close that out to steal that four nano Bitcoin because it's below the threshold that you can't even you can't even close it out for the most part. So the game theory is that you're not even going to steal that, and it, you you make you it's essentially just like a local accounting trick calculated into the fee, and I'm going to pay you the ten, and uh, like that that that's going to be a valid output if it hits the chain. It's something it's like that. Fucking crazy. But like lightning, like is based like Dryjack, get out! You're too smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so he's gonna let, dude. That guy's gonna so, blow something up. Well, that's what this I think. Isn't, well, I don't know if Dryjack came up with like how that works exactly. I mean, he, may, he probably did, but still ridiculous. But Dryjack, like, so Ryzen made this critique, and Ryzen's anti-lightning or whatever. He's, he's kind of a moron. People have been telling him <laughs> this. People have been saying, dude, like. Is he? He's the moron, huh? Well, I'm no, I'm the bigger moron. Well, but, but people have been telling him like like this is like you can explain why it's like not really not trustless. Like the trust model, the game theory is a little bit different than normal Bitcoin payments that are above that threshold. But it for the most part, it, it's still trustless. Because the worst, what are you gonna do? Fucking take? Oh, you, you're stealing my four nano Bitcoin by closing that channel out. Like it's right. not. It, it doesn't. It, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. Like it. it it, you have no reason to steal that that fund, so it's not. It, but by the way, okay. So Maxwell points two things out. That's a dust fee limit, and he points this out in the Bitcoin Stack Exchange. That's where this answer is coming from, and everybody should look at it because it's good. It's answered by I think David Harding and then by Greg Maxwell. Apparently, the dust limit isn't like a consensus thing. I don't think so. Yeah. So it's, it's not. He it's, even it's, said it's that ver- it's uh, enforced by like price. Yeah. Essentially. Well, he said that. That he's like honestly, what we could we should have done was when Segwit was enabled, included taking the dust limit out. Okay, um, because all it really is is it's just an enforcement by nodes, so they're not going to relay transactions that are below the dust limit. Right. Um, and they go into more details here, and they talk about how this kind of works out. But we're talking about really, really tiny fucking payments and how that works. Itty bitty. Itty 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 bitty payments. Yeah, but when Bitcoin goes to eight hundred thousand, well, then you can get out of the problem, right? Ryzen was like, "Well, it might be like a cent now, but you know, when we moon, it'll be like fifty dollars." But again, you can change the dust fee if, if fees do get that high and are that like pricey relative mm-hmm. to the to the dollar. And second, we have other solutions or have other ideas on the works for for doing like really, really, really tiny uh, payment, like the probabilistic payments and stuff. The, the thing with the probabilistic payments, which, which, you which, never which, get, for, which you, for only to the th- stuff that is below Bitcoin consensus. So, like the point is, is that like you could tr- cl- try to well, Lightning's not trustless in that scenario, but like you can't, you couldn't make that payment on Bitcoin. I'm, I'm weirded out by the like Nano Bitcoin, Pico Bitcoin stuff. Like, do you actually ever receive that well, amount, so, or is it just on um, Lightning? It's just accounting. So, so for example, it's when like I channel when stream. I use the C Lightning client. Uh, the values are mostly they mostly use the metric of um, m satoshi, which I think is micro satoshis. Um, or I'm always but doesn't, bad with doesn't like, it doesn't it kind of round up to 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 one satoshi? Doesn't like one person get it? Yeah, at the end, like, doesn't one guy get that payment? There's no way to split a satoshi. It's just the probability chance of getting it. Is kind of how I interpret it. Like well, in, po- in poker, there's a thing like if there's no change, it's the person yeah. closest to the button that gets the extra chip. Well, well, if it's like an odd amount when this, when a pot split, well, we're talking. So, so 
you know, your chance of doing that. Uh, we're, we're talking about the not. We're talking about that the ones that would fail Bitcoin consensus lightning payments, like the ones that are really small. Oh. Because the well, I'm asking. That's what you. That's what you mean. Yeah. So in other words, like I think lightning just represents those values as a like. It's just a number. But is it only so, if the if the channel is funded with a tiny amount? I mean, if you had. You know, two hundred dollars would it not be an issue? Well, these tiny amounts. If we have a channel open, no, it, it doesn't make a difference because if we, okay. if you and I establish a channel, and I put, I could put a Bitcoin in that channel, but that's immediately the initial state of that is that Bitcoin, that full Bitcoin is going to me because I haven't made a payment to you yet. Okay. The channel between you and me may have a lot of money in it, but until I've actually made a payment to you, yeah. It's all on my side. So when I do pay you, and that could be that really, really tiny fucking payment, the idea is that we've both updated each of our commitment transactions. We've updated the state of the channel where all of that Bitcoin except for that one tiny amount is going back to me if we close it out. And the other tiny amount I just made is a payment to you. The idea is that now that I've made that like one Satoshi payment to you, the idea is that you, you're able to claim that any time by closing out the channel. But if you try to close that channel out, it's going to hit an issue with getting that uh, the Bitcoin because it's so fucking small. What if you had five hundred thousand uh, separate payments that were that small but totaled up an amount? W- would that be is like with like well, well, that's not an issue because if I made another payment to you and it was higher, then you'd update your commitment transaction with a, an amount that would actually hit the chain. You're saying okay. not in the same channel the, with the, you. The, like, the, right? the, yeah, the like idea example, is that it's literally like one tiny fucking payment. Yeah. How's it represented on chain, though? So, like, let's say we have, um, I have 100 people paying me, and they all pay me one Satoshi, like Satoshi's place, right? Does he, when he settles to chain and, you know, 500 de- people have given him one Satoshi? It depends on the channels that are open directly with him. So, those are payments. Do each of those end up as, like, uh, outputs on the, on the chain? Like each channel, or each is it one? channel's closing would end up on as uh, yeah as, as transactions with outputs on the chain. Okay, so you have a hundred people, you'd have a hundred outputs. Well, no, no. If you had a hundred people paying you, but you had five channels open with, so those hundred people, oh, and those hundred. Oh, people I see. Because you're, you're, you're only updating with the final the final channels that you're being paid by. Right. Ah. So, so in other words, a thousand people could be routing through a bunch of nodes, and he's only connected to five. And all of those payments are routing to him through each of those five channels. And then he's like, I'm going to close all out. He's closing out five channels, five channels which are so he's each only one paid is a by transaction. Five. By the way, this is the thing. Like, I've heard a lot of people say that, that uh, Lightning I think isn't. I, 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 there's that, something that I may have said that, that may not sense. be accurate. I think that's correct, though. But, uh, but for the most part, I think that's fair. I've heard people yeah. say that Lightning isn't peer-to-peer. It literally is. Yeah. Because you're literally moving money from, like, your peers to their peers to their peers and then to, like, the final peer. And, you know, it's, it, you have to find a route to that channel, like, where there's connections, trusted connections, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, it, it's... it's uh... But I do feel like someone might get the short end of the stick there. Which, uh, where specifically? Well, like, if, if, I, if I'm paying somebody one Satoshi, mm-hmm. that first channel that I, I have opened up with as a payer... Aren't I giving them literally like one Satoshi? Wouldn't they need more than that to close the channel? Well, that's that's but like, aren't they fucked? 
from me. That's the point. Isn't there almost absolutely no well, reason point, to do that when the point the point is well the point is is that they like they they wouldn't close that channel out. Well, the point is like they wouldn't. Um, is that even a problem that there's a lower limit? Like, it, it kind of is. Yeah, I mean, it, it reminds me of the the dust experiment that was done years ago. Remember that? So, a guy threw into uh, Bitcoin oh. talk. <laughs> The private key for, I think it was one full Bitcoin or something like that. And every Bitcoiner ran to try to claim it, and nobody could because of the dust limit. There's just like thousands of transactions in there. Each one, you know, like a Satoshi or a tiny amount. Something like that. It flooded the network. Like I, it, I, it, it stalled for a little while. I need to look that up because was because it was it with that, that was the Suscon Bitcoin talk, right? Like that, yeah, it was on Bitcoin been, talk. Yeah, okay. It was yeah. weird. It was. I remember it very well. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I, I, I think the, I think the point here is that most but, most developers but, are presuming that Lightning will become Bitcoin. Yeah. Um. Here, here let, me, let me let me rephrase one thing. So, if we're talking about just like the dust limit stuff. And I make that one, one unit of whatever, really tiny payment to you. Like if you were like close channel out, I think like Lightning would tell you that's not a valid transaction because it's below the dust limit, so you couldn't close that out. But the idea is that for you to close that that out is that like some payments are made where I'm paying you more than that amount, but I'm counting it towards future payments to you. So it's like, oh, I'm giving you 10, but you owe me four if I'm trying to pay you six. But I think like it's getting accumulated in the transaction, which and I think it's like the, tra so in other words, like that part I was, re I read and I thought I kind of understood some of the parts, but I'm not really sure how it's getting accounted for and tallied somewhere like th that remainder amount. Um, so, like, Lightning has a trick to representing, like, making those really tiny payments, even though you can actually output the, to the chain. That, that kind of makes some sense. Um, I'm wondering how you can but, but, the, but the idea is that it's not, it, it's kind of, well, that's, that's Dryja's thing, and that's different than what I, like, that's, that's the probabilistic payments. You, like, go to Dryja.com and, like, spin a thing? Uh, he, I think he's, I think the proposal or the idea is uh, introducing a new um, a new op code called like op something op random payments and I, I have no idea how that works but it's probabilistic so like I don't know I I, I don't I I really don't know. <laughs> It's, <laughs> dude, it's, it's mind blowing. Me. <laughs> there's a dude. Lightning is it's like it has its own. Like there's so much shit involved with it that it's uh, like for example, like uh, and thankfully Tidwell got his money back, but his issue. Oh yeah, nobody really knows that Tidwell got his money back. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Tidwell, but that issue was like a really weird issue that not a lot of people knew about, and it was very specific to. How like the key management and, and stuff is being done for the for the for the trip. We talked about that previously, but that that's its own thing. Like like I, I feel like somebody could know all about Bitcoin and like unless they knew the specifics of how that worked, it'd be like a new oh this is interesting. I didn't know that at all, you know. And it, that that kind of is the like it's it's crazy with lightning. I mean the thing with lightning that's that's weird to me is how anyone ever came up with the idea. 
It's so complicated. So did you? <laughs> yeah. Did you hear uh, Christian Decker talking on uh, the really good podcast you all should listen to, which is what Bitcoin did? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. Okay. Well, I heard part of it, but I like I didn't listen to the whole thing. Because he, he, he talked about it then. I guess he's talking about that more. So Christian Decker, you know, has been working really like much, like him and Rusty have been working on the Sea Lightning client. So blocks for Blockstream. Decker said that he was actually working on like a PhD thesis, which he called duplex channels. Oh, I did hear him. That's right. Okay. And it was basically like the idea of the Lightning Network it, with was, some differences. But Lightning, he was slow to get, uh, there was academic review involved and they got out, they got the idea out first. He didn't know how Bitcoin worked. You don't have to do academic review. You just submit it as a white paper. Yeah. Then you raise ICO money. Uh, but yeah, I, no, I did. I did hear him talk about that. It was, Blockstream was going to release like their own version of this uh, sort of channel payment system before it. I don't remember hearing him saying how much it was with Blockstream that he was thinking of. You this. might have said that on like Marty Benz podcast, maybe. Okay, but yeah, he talked about how like Blockstream was like planning basically a, a like sort of a payment channel network ex- exactly the same way. Yeah, to compete or complement before Lightning was proposed. Oh yeah, they they had a similar uh, sort of like exchange that they were going to like put together. So because Lightning had more traction, like we got we got more attention, and there, there were some pros and cons of both. And I think the trade offs made a little bit of sense more for the Lightning network. But they were like, we're not going to do a competing thing. Like we're going to roll with the Lightning. Right. Like it, it, this, this works. It's the same thing. And I think they had maybe they may have had some ideas that they've spearheaded as part of the Lightning network, but. Like, they were very close in similarities to how it was going to get done. I've read that that's more common than than thought, the, the concept, people coming up with similar concepts around the same time. It's true. There's, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, by the way. I mean, most ideas people come to, is it's because they're inspired by something, and someone else is similarly inspired. You know, it's just this is the time for that idea. It's an idea whose time has come, in a sense. You know, people have looked at this. They're probably reading the same academic literature. They're looking at it like, oh, you know, I could do this payment channel in this, like, weird way. It would solve these problems. So they come up with a solution. You know, that's why, you know, someone like Thomas Edison has all these stories about stuff they invented. And Thomas Edison mostly kiped his shit from other people <laughs> for a lot of it. Like, even the light bulb. It was, I think he had to buy the light bulb patent from an English guy in the end. Hmm. Huh? Bro. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure of this. There was a guy in England who was selling light bulbs door to door. And I think he sued Edison at the end for patent infringement because he had come up with the concept first. And uh, Edison fought it but ended up having, you know, losing, I think, in UK courts and having to purchase the actual patent from the guy. Check it. It's on the internet. You're going to tell me Ben Franklin didn't get electrocuted? With he, a kite? He, he <laughs> didn't get electrocuted because <laughs> electrocution is a portmanteau of electricity and execution. So you have to die? Yeah, you'd have to die. <laughs> uh, but I think... So you're not electrocuted? If you don't die, you, you can't claim you're actually electrocuted? Yeah, electri- you can't ever claim you're electrocuted. Well, well then what if you... <laughs> what, <laughs> Well, is there is there a word somewhere out there for when you're electrocuted or when you when you're hit by shocked. lightning? But oh, you're shocked. yeah, you're yeah. shocked. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, uh, and that's the end of today's uh, lesson yeah. in in English language. <laughs> yeah, that's that that always gets people. I think because yeah, my dad was an editor for like Christian book kids books in particular, and was obsessed with certain things. Like that was one of his obsessive 
phrases he hated people misusing, which I thought was really funny. Hmm. But yeah, electrocuted portmanteau. <laughs> I don't know what that word means either. <laughs> a portmanteau is a combination of two words. Uh, it's a word invented by Lewis Carroll. The writer? The writer. Alice in Wonderland. Oh. Yeah. I think it was uh, the character of... Guys, he, he was come on, this is common knowledge. What's that? <laughs> he was on acid when he invented that word. Too. He, he invented it. It was in Alice in Wonderland. It was, uh, you remember, in the, you ever seen the, you've seen the movie, the cartoon, right? I've seen him, like, yeah. Yeah, the smoking caterpillar? Yeah. I believe the, the smoking caterpillar uses the word portmanteau and then explains it. And it, it sort of entered lexical nor- normalness. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Words, my friend. Words. words. I go weeks without adding new words to my vocabulary. I think I've added nine today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Tidwell got his funds back. How? Like, what happened there? Can you explain? Do you? Do you oh, have an idea? um, I don't. I was explaining that it was pretty much a dead end. I don't know what I'm talking about, but everybody was kind of like, mm. "Sorry for your loss." Like, yeah, that's uh, like losing your private key. I, I bet Butcoin posted about it even. Like it was, yeah. yeah I thought oh, so yeah. too. Yeah, they probably were. Do you know what happened? How did he get it back? Um, I, got, I yeah, it got it, to the point where the the customer uh, service response was, "We've basically done everything we can yeah. here. Contact." I up. think the idea is that the keys needed or the the data needed to recover those channel keys was in the database, and if you like, the recovering that database is probably something that needs to be done delicately, and they weren't exactly sure how to recover it. But after trying a few things, I guess they were just able to recover it. And because they were able to recover the data, and it was like, oh, I guess the data is not corrupted, and it's good. Do you know what blows my mind about the whole thing? What? He was giving us updates. He's, he was telling us, oh, I've, I've, uh, I've recovered 45% of, of the money. I've recovered this much percent of the money. How, why couldn't, like, I would think you would either recover zero or all. Is that uh, now, really the same now, way? Are you surprised by that? Yeah, I, yeah. I, think, I, th- I think that's. A, I think it's. I think it's a database thing. And it, and it was a like a bleak outlook at each step. Like right, I got was, that oh, much, man, and that's it. That's that's all it's going to be. It's not going to be anymore. Fifteen <laughs> percent. Uh, <laughs> hey guys, I got twenty five. Well, that was what, the other day. Look at the conversation. He goes. He says. Uh, he says I've recovered. I think it was forty five percent, and I think that's about. Oh, we just got them all. <laughs> <laughs> It was weird. I, I I don't understand that part. And he said that about other people too. That when he was working with Lightning Labs and everyone else, he said that this stuff had happened and that they'd been able to get thirty five percent of this guy's money or sixty percent of this guy's money. Yeah. It just blows my mind that you can't. It, I would think it would be a binary, zero or all. Isn't it a factor yeah. of certain channels close? Certain number of channels. I imagine closing? it must be. It just surprised me. I'm not sure. Yeah, me neither. I, I couldn't believe it. It was, but congratulations, Mike! Uh, happy birthday! You've uh, you are like the guy who was self driving in a Tesla and died, and then uh, came back to life. And then he, what did Elon Musk say? Like he he contributedly greatly contributedly he contributed greatly to the quest of self driving. Yeah, you know, he didn't actually <laughs> come back. <laughs> he just died. <laughs> but I, I feel like that was the path Mike was on, just like getting wrecked yeah. full on. Well, he wrote. He wrote a little. Uh, he had a thing of how to recover your like going through that path that he went through right. to recover your funds, and it was basically like running, basically copying your channel da- database and running it through like whatever uh, uh, like L and D version for or something that was able to recover them. So he gave a guide. 
Uh, he put yeah he put he put something out there for that. There's, there's, there is something out there for that. Yeah. Is there the op- are they are they doing some? Did roast beef propose something that makes it so even if you are broadcasting like bad channel states, you might not lose all your money now? Is that- it's not that if you're broadcasting bad channel states, it's that the the backups are. It's going to make it so you can recover that stuff easier. Okay. And it's going it, to, in other words, if your node fucks get, or gets fucked or whatever, it's not going to be catastrophic. Because remember, like, what, what the data the data that gets corrupt, the data that's lost is how to get the keys pertaining to those. Right. Like, the, the state of those channels. So, like, however that is being done and ha- stored and whatever, like, now it's going to be better so that it doesn't happen again, I guess. I, I still fully don't understand how those keys are utilized in the channel creation. Um, I asked, a, like, there's been a few, there's a few things I still have to read through, and it, I think a lot of it is explained in the Bolt, uh, Bolt 3, but there's a lot of shit to read through those, and you kind of have to sit down and think about it, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's the debate going on? Our, no, it's, uh, yeah, get the brain. <laughs> what's, that, what's the debate going on with, with the uh, late client stuff? I've been reading a lot about this. Oh, Neutrino yeah. in particular is getting a lot of heat. Well, it's not so much that neutral. Nutri- okay, do you, uh, SPV stuff. Yeah, uh, like the how we've had light clients in Bitcoin for for some time. Right. That no one really uses. Right. Or tries not to use. Um, that's been around for a few years. Everyone uh, tries to use them. Let's be honest. Well, <laughs> but the idea is that if you start making it pretty easy for wallets to utilize light clients, people aren't going to be running as many full nodes. Yeah. And the. SPV thing that we've had for some time turns out it's actually like really shitty for uh, for privacy. I think. I think right. I, I think, think the critiques have been that you have to send the info back to a server. Well, so okay. Uh, basically, what you do is you 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 query a full node for the UTXOs that you're interested in. Right. So I think it tries to do that in a, pro- a privacy preserving way, but it, however, it currently does it, it fails. That's where um, I mean, like what's the it, samurai it, wallet is getting a lot of heat for this, isn't it? Uh, that's not why though. I forget. It's not. It's not related to just using SPV. There's I something see. else going on there. Well, I think that they I were fr- sending back info to, to a server. I think. But I don't know. Are but it, it's not. But it's not as simple as oh, they were just doing the SPV. I don't. I don't know. If oh, it's, okay. it, there's something else going on there, um, because it, it depends, right? Like you can, uh, like, what am I trying to? What am I trying to say here? Like, uh, the, so the thing about Neutrino is that it's if you're going to have a like client, Neutrino is the way to go. Okay, um, but. And apparently, it preserves privacy in a great way, so the light client doesn't have to worry too much about the no, like the node knowing or knowing that info and like uh, right. losing the privacy. But what it does to like to to it, it follows the it's also following the chain with the most proof of work. So that's also how it, you know it how the light client knows that it's following the right blockchain, right? right. Um, but the issue is that the more light clients that exist, there's less full nodes, and the full like the full nodes would mostly be like it'd give more. The idea is that it would give more power to the miners because they they would able to vote for upgrades and stuff right. that the light clients would have no idea about. Right. Um, so the issue is that 
and I think this was Nicholas Doria raising this, is that he's neutrino would work great as a light client. It's not bad at all. But if you merge it into Bitcoin and it's freely available, people are just going to start using light clients. Wallets are starting to use light clients. I mean, this point is not to encourage and it's, light it's clients. Gonna, the idea is that it centralizes things further because lots of people are running nodes. It's that, it's that, I mean, that argument for the SPV has been around for some time. Yeah. Um, Neutrino is great and it's awesome, but like for example, there's different like different implementations do different things. I think uh, Piero Shard he has that node launcher project. Yeah, I haven't tried that yet. I want to try it, but um, they're using a tree. They're using like a Neutrino thing to uh, to get you up and running so you can start immediately while it's syncing the entire blockchain in the background. So it's like okay, I can start using this wallet software through Neutrino without having to wait for the entire blockchain to download but it's still downloading so i will have a full client oh, smart. it's like i don't it's like no not a full client right away but a full client soon uh, i think wasabi wallet or something was doing something where once when the wallet's created that's where it starts looking at uh the block and only downloads blocks after that point right so that enables faster syncing interesting there's like you I, I, a hybrid model seems like the way to go because that way you can get up and running with like a neutrino thing, right. but then you can, you're you're getting the full blockchain. Well, I think that for a lot of this stuff, that's the case, right? I mean, it, people having a full note on their Android phone or iPhone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it. I think you can do it. It just doesn't seem practical. Right. So, I mean, I, I think there's plenty of people that do do it. I wonder what the the what's the new what's Blockstream's new wallet, the green dress thing, Blockstream Green or whatever. Blockstream Green. What, how do they how do they handle it? I'm not sure. I haven't looked at that actually. I have I like six Bitcoin wallets on my phone. Could you imagine like yeah. every one of them downloading the blockchain in full? I was impressed by that wallet. I love that wallet. That's that's what I always recommend to people when they get when they when they ask me what they should use. It's got all of the options. Didn't it just come out? Well, the green address has been out for a long time. Oh, this, yeah. but this, yeah, it's. Uh... I think they forked the green address code because they bought green address a while ago. So I, mean, I always like uh, green address a lot. They yeah yeah. Well, right. the guy. Yeah, there's, there's always been a really close relationship with the Green Address. I think they bought it. You know who their chief... Uh, I think he goes by Larry Bitcoin. Larry, he's some guy named Larry. He's like their chief architect. And I think... I thought I thought he was really close related to the Green Project. I don't know. Maybe they did buy it or something like that. Did you read... On, on another... Did you read the Peter Todd complaint? Yes. Against ISIS Lovecraft? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You want to update, update people? So, uh, basically, Isis Lovecraft has tweeted out in a few different places that Peter Todd uh, raped her. Yeah. And that he's a rapist. Okay. And it seems to be because he didn't denounce a guy that goes by the name of uh, Jacob Applebaum, who was the head of the Tor Project and, like, Julian Assange is like right hand man, and uh, apparently that guy may have been doing some fucked up shit. I don't know all the details of the story, but it sounds like he was. There's a f- there's a, there's many allegations like this against him. But Peter Todd was just. I think I think he was like, well, there's more to the story than just all these accusations. Or, I don't think oh, he whatever. like outright denounced I, it. I, I, I think he just it like, sounds I, like I he know. just he just didn't say he just didn't go with everybody calling Jacob Avalon a rapist. Like that's just he just. Didn't do that, so she's been saying these things about him, and there's she been tweeted other... them out. She like put a whole thing on Twitter about tweeted them yeah. out. He made a pull request against one of her cryptography libraries. She brought that up in like 
on the comment when it was just about cryptography. Right. Like, I mean, so he filed he filed a lawsuit against her. <laughs> <laughs> I read the whole thing. It's like two pages. It's actually really. It's really. Sh- it's pretty short. Yeah. Um, it sounds like what it's the the suit is just asking to go to trial. I don't I don't really know how the so, so what you do in, in court is you file a complaint first, and that's like the point at which you know things start. It they always ask for like a jury trial or you know that's pretty much always the request. And generally between now and that, some sort of thing is agreed to. The longer you go, the more expensive it gets. Right? It's, it's pretty simple. Uh, I don't know what he wants. I mean, like, he might want money, but he also just might want her to take down those tweets and stop. And, like, he might get an injunction or something like that. I'm not a lawyer. I ain't a lawyer. But I I, uh, I, I think it's interesting. I, I can't... ISIS has been involved in a lot of projects, and she's kind of a very competent programmer, as far as I understand. Yes. But... Yeah, she she, she is very... Competent. But this trouble follows her everywhere, I feel like. Well, it's if you're going to make accusations that somebody's a rapist, yeah, uh, better be true. It better be true, <laughs> and you better have a lot of evidence. Yeah, if you didn't didn't her Twitter feed have a history of a lot of lobbed accusations? Yeah, in prior there's months, a, there, there well, she likes to use the word there. "forced kiss" a lot. That's right. Yeah, right. Like uh, "forced kiss me." I think that was the accusation against Todd, even. Which I've heard that not just from her, but I've heard from a lot of people now. Like, oh, he forced like, kissed me. It was we were at a conference. And he forced, ki- like, he gr- literally came up, grabbed my head, and kissed me. And it's like, who- that's so weird. Like, I, I don't yeah. think that's what happened. It oh. sounds bizarre. Oh, the, the- like, it, it's, uh, like, not, like, I, I, I can, I get, like, uh, socially awkward guys right. trying to hit on women, but that doesn't seem like a thing that the no, no, I, I, So you've, like, been awkward around women your whole life. You've never talked to them. And then now, the, at this moment, you, you pounced and you, <laughs> <laughs> and you force kissed them. Like I just I like I've met these guys. Yeah. I've been these guys. You, I no. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like no. Yeah. He's he's afraid to talk to you in the first place. He didn't like jump at your lips. It doesn't it like doesn't ring true. Yeah. It's it's uh it's weird. So real quick on, on the Atlanta blockchain thing, I, I forgot to mention this. So one of the, the oh, moments yeah. in that the the women talk about like how they're so they're fighting against the objectification of women, and then they give examples of in Miami they had that a uh, strip club party for oh. Dash, <laughs> and I'm going to make the point again. I think I made it in previous episodes, but I'm going to make it again. The women at the women at that strip club have more of a right to be there than any of the women on that panel at a Bitcoin conference because I guarantee you, ninety percent of those strippers have used Bitcoin. <laughs> Probably, yeah. 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 I mean, they're sex Back workers. Back in 2012. Yeah. They were, they were like a fucking, they've, been, they've been using it for years. For real, yeah. for real, real. Yeah. If a stripper told me she used Bitcoin in 2012, I'd be like, I, I believe it. I wouldn't even ask about the other stuff. Because like, she wouldn't be like, Mount Gox. She wouldn't know. She'd be like, my driver gave it to me. Vladimir gave me a thumb drive. Vladimir gave me a thumb drive, and I didn't know what was on it. And I got on it, and like, apparently it's like 4,000 Bitcoin. I, what is that worth? I've had it, I've had it for 10 years. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I, I, I'm amazed by the fact that people don't seem to understand, like this is a, this is a cash money conference you're going to, and you're in the land of cash money and you're talking about the objectification of women, but they're not objectified. They're literally the users. Yeah. Blows my mind. Yeah. Well, 
there's, there's a whole like feminist thing about like sex workers in general. They love sex workers. But they like, want them. Bi- but then when the sex workers come out, they're like objectification. Yeah. I'm like, obje- <laughs> why don't like of her? Why don't you tell her that? Ask her if she likes being objectified or not. Yeah. And she's up there dancing. Like you know. Plus, uh, I've been to Eleven, and it's not. It's the tamest of the strip like, clubs. Eh, I wouldn't. It's pretty tame compared to like. Well, it's I not. Heard, it's I not what you think. It's it's more. I heard, I heard of the strip clubs here. It's a great one to bring your girlfriend. There's there's the 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 it's crowd is half girls. The crowd is actually probably more girls it, at times on a that. regular night. It's a strip club, but people often tell me it's not. You can get lap dances upstairs, but like a lot of people for some reason think it's just a club. I don't know how they ride that line. They have women walking around without shirts on, and doing like naked dances. It's a Miami thing. It's it's weird to me. But people tell me it's a club. It's not really a strip 24 club. 24 hours a day it's open to, which is pretty wild yeah. fact. They don't let you wear hats in there, though, unless it's an 11 hat. Dude, I see everybody have those 11 hats. That's because you have to, in order, that's the only hat you can wear there. I want to know who, like, they, they did a good, they did a really good job with that club. Yeah, they, they like, sure did. Because like, it's only been around for a few years now, right? I think there's a bunch of uh, other, like, clubs down there, too, uh, that are... Uh, like right around eleven, it's it's a weird area. Well, in Miami. Space, you, space, space, space. Space. That was the one that everyone 11. liked. Oh yeah, that was pre eleven, right? Is that like everyone loved that for a while? Yeah, I guess space was. I've I've been there. We did that one Bitcoin <laughs> thing at eleven, down here the meetup. Well, we, 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 remember, <laughs> we were at the we were at the res, the restaurant in quotes. There's, bar, a, there's a restaurant above, above eleven. 11. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all overpriced, like food. It, it, it's all the girl. There's a bunch of clearly eleven girls in the restaurant, and I don't know. Those meals are expensive as fuck. Yeah, for what you get, they're like really. It's like a, a bowl of like kind of shitty pasta for like fifty five dollars. It's like just really, it's egregious. But the girls are eating there, and there's clearly like it's always like this like twenty three year old, you know, eighteen year old girl, and then like the sixty five year old man on the other side of the table eating, and like it's very funny to look at. Yeah. But we had a meet up there once. Yeah. It was very funny. Was like, there were a lot of people who were like offended that we did it there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, eh. I had a friend look me dead in the eye and said he never wants to leave that place. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never want to leave. Is he still there? I mean, he, he could be there. It's, it's literally 24 hours a day, right? You run out of money at some point. Your bank shuts you off or whatever. The party's, you know, something happens. I think you could, cal- that, that should be the calculation. Can you retire or not? Is like, can you stay all the time forever at 11? It's <laughs> like, just like uh, on, on interest. <laughs> okay, I need $100 an hour. Uh, I need. <laughs> Fuck though. Need- I wonder if you can sleep there. If you spend enough, you can do anything there. That's, that's my impression. <laughs> like, well, he spends 1000 bucks an hour. He can sleep here. We got a bed in the back. <laughs> that that place is the weirdest though. It really is because you know I've had girls ask to do their birthday parties at eleven, which blows my mind. Like they get the they get they get girls that want to come and be there. Like it's a cl- like it's a normal club. I guess yeah. That, that's uh, that's know? the thing. They all seem to think it is, and you're there, and they're like, they have oh, ladies. They, think they have ladies nights. They do, yeah. and and all the girls are like, oh, they're doing a show. We have to go see the show, and the show is consist of like women hanging from ropes naked. Like it's just a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> it's very it's, weird. Yeah, it's called the pit. It gets pretty. It is some, the pit. Sometimes yeah. it gets crazy. It is the pit. Like it's it's a weird because here we have uh, what's the one with the searchlights everywhere. 
Solid Gold, which is like a similarly sized strip club, and it's it's nowhere. It's to me, it seems very similar to Eleven, but it's uh, everyone thinks and you know says it's a strip club. Mm-hmm. No one wants to go there unless they're a guy. So anyhow, uh, Montana, Montana has uh, apparently gotten fed up with the miners. Which, they're fed up, yeah. But they're looking they're looking at like zoning regulations, right? So are they like toss miners out, or what's the? I think they they put something up, and the miners moved out to the woods to avoid the zoning regulations. But they're still <laughs> like really there's something like that, yeah. Like like right outside where the, like they get hit by that. Interesting, but like no one wants them there. I mean, it's, just an, it's another story, but they keep happening. No often. one wants the miners around. No they, they really them. fuck you up. Yeah, I want to know what's going to happen. So, like, global subsidies for energy have to go away. They just have to. I mean, yeah, over the long run, probably. Well, I just wonder, like, I wonder how big illegal mining can get in any of these areas. Because I think, I would think it would get, it could get pretty big. Like, oh, well, you know, I'll run one node in my house, no one will notice, or ten nodes or something like that. And then your neighbor does it, and then his neighbor does it, and everyone's got, like, you know, three to ten nodes, like marijuana plants in their house. And then it just becomes huge anyways. Like, oh, no one will notice this. You know, energy here is three cents. Why wouldn't you do it? Mm. It's it's just weird to me. Like it's it's amazing to me how they're trying to regulate it well, away with everything but changing the, the subsidies. Yeah, I mean, like the household would be doing. You think not mining Bitcoin, but whatever. But that would still happen. Like they would still do that. In places I, I just wonder how big it can get though. Like yeah. if it's cheap electricity, that's well, the incentive. Do we have any updates on what like how many miners are actually still in China? I haven't heard one person complain about minor centralization in like two years. So I don't know like what the deal is there. Because like at some point that like Do you hear China- that discussion much anymore? I, I just don't. No. Remember when that was like the only thing Bitcoiners talked about? Minor yeah. Yeah. That, that was always the giant like that's what that, that was that's the, the worst thing. Yeah. I never hear anybody bring it up. It seems completely like done as a discussion. I guess. But do are people like looking at like Bitmain collapsing as like a I don't know. Or like falling over Maybe Didn't the government clamp down on it to to a certain degree? I thought the government, like people, thought that government was like complicit with Bitmain stuff. But that wouldn't surprise me. What do you see, uh, medium to long term, to, to be more likely? Uh, Fifty thousand square foot facilities mining only, or a world where people are able to have a home miner? I think you're going to move to bigger and bigger facilities. But I, I do think what's interesting about mining is that the bigger the facility, the more that you're, I mean, every miner's leverage, right? You're leveraging yourself against your electricity bill. So when Bitcoin's up, it seems really like a good idea to expand. But when Bitcoin falls and it always falls hard, it becomes very difficult to keep up with bills and you go bankrupt like instantly, Right. So I don't know. It, it's weird to me because mining at a big like in a big operation, I think you need so much in cash reserves. Are, are they mutually? Can, can they coexist? Can you have both? Probably. It's a hard question. I mean, like I think you do. Yeah, like in uh, you know countries where it's you know even a few Bitcoin get to go a long way. I, I guess that might be a way to do it. Or ultra cheap. Yeah. In combination with ultra cheap energy. Right. It's. I mean, mining is probabilistic. So if you're giving a tenth of a percent of the energy to the network you're going to get a tenth of the Bitcoins over time in exactly the same way the lightning payment works, right? It's the idea is that you're doing it for a long t- time. You're doing it over the long run. And, uh, you know, a lot of people in places like Venezuela are converting their home energy into Bitcoins 
even though they're not making a lot, they're making a little bit, and that's all they really need because it's probably coming back at around the same price as their electricity bill, if not quite a bit more. That, that, that would be my thoughts. So the thing with big mining operations that, really, that would worry me is that they're so leveraged against the price of Bitcoin compared to like energy in that area. That's, I mean, I think that's what we saw in this last dip, is that these mining operations expanded and grew, and they were thinking that Bitcoin would never go down, and they rented huge facilities. They started mining operations oh, up yeah. the wazoo. Then Bitcoin crashes. It's worth nothing. They didn't dump fast enough. They all go bankrupt. We saw that in the U.S. all the time. We, we talked to a miner a few months ago at the meetup, and he was saying that the miners in China have learned that you have to get rid of your Bitcoin as quick as possible as a miner. It's, it's like a hot potato. And I think the incentive most American miners uh, feel is that as Bitcoin's going up, they try to hold on to it thinking they're preserving value. But then when Bitcoin suddenly you know, goes down, they don't have the reserves to pay for the energy. Which, by the way, is to my point that Bitcoin is debt. And if you don't believe that, what, what do you think made all of these miners go bankrupt after Bitcoin crashed in the last, you know? Wait, what do you mean Bitcoin's dead? B- B- what, debt. What? Oh, oh, Bitcoin oh, is debt. Oh, I, thought, I was like, debit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's debt money. Like, there's no question in my mind. You are, in fact, you are indebted to the energy company when you mine Bitcoin. Well, yeah, but you're talking about when you're talking about the creation of it, right? Yeah, the creation of it causes debt. The it, creation, it's an IOU. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very Keynesian, the, the notion that money is IOUs all the way down. But I don't think Bitcoin's any different. I would say it's... Uh, it, it's a hybridization of, of, of debt and uh, I don't want I don't want to say sound money, but like uh, not hard money, but like you know money that money that's like closer to gold on a hierarchy than 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 because like you because like if you if you classify it as debt like the, it's debt it's money a, I, it, I think it's debt money fully like I think when you mine Bitcoin the only way to mine it is to go into debt or to steal right you can steal electricity but. You know, for the most part, you're going into debt. And I think people have brought up a point that you could, you know, buy your own electricity. You could buy your own firm, like your plant, an electric plant or a nuclear facility or something like that and mine on that. You know, point is uh, taken. But, you know, there's still a cost there. You're incurring the cost somewhere. Then you're indebted to the raw material supplier. Mm. But at some point, you incur debt to mine this stuff. Mm. It's just very obvious. And if you have a lot of miners, every miner's leveraged. So, you know, like if you if you mine with one miner, you know, at the end of the month, you're not going to owe that much. If you mine with 10 miners, you're going to owe a shit ton. You mine with 20 miners, that goes up, you know, it goes up with every single miner you do. So at some point, your energy bill is going to be a million dollars a month, right? And uh, that's that sucks yeah. when Bitcoin goes from 20000 to 2000 Because when you're mining Bitcoin at 20000 it's costing you probably about $20,000 to mine that Bitcoin. It might be 18000 or something. You're not making that much. Mm. Like scales yeah. right up. Yeah, and it's the uh, in its creation, it's 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 a liability of who whoever's mining, whoever that you know, because so it has to be follows the price. I yeah, I think it has to, right? I, I don't actually know what the stats lag. are, but it has yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean. It might not be a big lag. Well, it might be, a, it might be well, three days. It might be a week. It might be, but, you know, be a month. But be, because of the behavior of miners who are mining as, like, the price is going up and they want to get in. So that means the hash rate's going to increase. 
Yeah, almost always. Uh, that would be what that means. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think miners are going to mine to the level of like profitlessness, essentially. Always, they're gonna you know hike it up until you know all the profits eked out. It's a it's a near perfect competitive market, I think. Mm. And and to go back to that money, where the U.S. government would create money, and it would be a liability on their spreadsheet. Well, yeah, balance, I mean, literally on the, the, Fed's the, the, ba- on the Fed's balance. Yeah. What you have here is you have the creation of debt money as the form of Bitcoin, but it's a liability of whoever's mining it. Which right, which doesn't have to be, which doesn't, which means it doesn't have to be uh, a government. And like you said, or like we said, it's private. We don't have uh, private. Essentially, federal the reserve, privatiza- like, yeah, the privatization you, of money creation. Yeah, you don't yeah, have yeah. you don't. Well, it's a, it, it, the risk of a country defaulting kind of disappears in the Bitcoin world because you don't have countries defaulting. You have miners defaulting. And a miner well, can default. It's a lot less risky than like the United States defaulting yeah. on its debt. Yeah. To me, that's that's it means that you've essentially indexed the uh, the failure of someone to pay their debt. So you no longer have this enormous giant, you know, twenty-two trillion dollar debt concentrated mm-hmm. in one entity, you have, you know, maybe this month a million bucks. Yeah. And what's funny is the large mining operations are probably going to get done in countries where they're very corrupt. Like that would like spread North Korea. Georgia or North Korea. So you're going to have like these countries that are going to have to incur coincidentally like the liability to is a why certain I'm, extent because right. like their officials and their government is allowing the miners to be there. And that's good though because Bitcoin doesn't it, and, it ceases yeah. it stops wars. Yeah, yeah. As it's going it's it's to eliminate those countries. Yeah, it's going to eliminate those. It's, it'll just eliminate. But, it'll stop the, wars in North Korea uh, because they'll have a lot of it, and mm-hmm. they will want to just look at it. Yeah. So they won't have time for wars. It's just I just hope the United States makes policies that's going to be favorable to people that hold and spend Bitcoin, right? Because like a country's policy should be you want you want to you attract want to suck that, Bitcoin but in. you want to get rid yeah. of mining. You want to get mining. You want mining to be done in North Korea, and you want them to send us Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, to me, I think is probably the most practical thing that uh, the United States could do. Because, I mean, you do want a concentration of it. it. Like It's just like gold, right? If you can get as much Bitcoin into this country as possible, if it is like gold, you know, it, you'd be king. It'd be like the Spanish Armada kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You just, it, you'd be very wealthy at some point if Bitcoin works. If. But, Yeah. I do think it's interesting because we've been seeing the mining stuff going for a while. Like all these miners, they like getting kicked out of every place they start up. Yeah. What, what country has the most Bitcoin? Oh God, that's a good question. I don't know that we know. Probably the U.S. though, right? That would be my guess. Yeah, I would imagine. Probably by a pretty big margin. Or Switzerland. Switzerland. <laughs> they definitely have the most gold, right? Yeah, but, but, the but, gold then, the but, then, there. but then Switzerland. But, but I think against the the field, like some random country might. I would say the field might be a favorite against the United States. Really, the f- the field like uh, like oh like everyone ran- versus random, us. Yeah, like a random country. Yeah. Like the oh uh, who who North Korea. Remember? Yeah, it? I think North Korea's probably got a lot more than we think. Maybe yeah. Or uh, but I, I bet you I bet you their Bitcoin holdings number in the thousands. Who arrested the BTCE guy? Romania, Russia, right? Or Romania, was it? One of those. Bulgaria or Romania. They, one of those countries confiscated. It was $3 billion dollars worth yeah, at the yeah. peak, I remember. What so about Estonia? Like, I, like the world, I like a world where Estonia, which already has no debt, I think, basically no debt, uh, also acquires a ton of Bitcoin. I, I, I just, this tiny little country becomes the wealthiest place in the world. Yeah. And I, what, I'd, what, I'd, what I'd enjoy is how quickly they'd build up an army. <laughs> 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 they'd have more tanks and missiles, like, tomorrow. Very quickly than any other country. What country does Craig Wright live in? 
He is Australian, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Australia then. Yeah. That, he, that guy's got a lot of Bitcoin. He really well, does. Hopefully he's been dumping it. I don't know. You think he really... I think he does have a lot of Bitcoin. That's I would. Say, I think he does. I think he I was hope, an early I, miner. I hope him there's a lot of people that think he wasn't. Roger Veer had a lot of Bitcoin. I, yeah, I, but Veer did give up his citizenship. Maybe Saint Kitts and Nevis has the most Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, it's where Veer's citizened right now, right? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's a weird question. Country. I think the U.S. would be tough to beat. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, but no there are people what. with such like Vera has what percentage of the Bitcoin? Well, it's, it's I think fairly large. The United States will figure out how to take it from those other countries. So right, like we'll figure that out. Yeah, the, the NSA. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he clearly t- talks bad. You know, champions rallies. Bitcoin Cash and has been challenged That's with true. why he still owns the other one. Why hasn't he fully converted? And he says essentially he likes to hedge. But that just shows lack of conviction. I, I agree with that. Like, he should be a Bitcoin Cash maximalist. Yeah. So that's kind of w- what I mean where I hope he's liquidated 90% of it. That would be nice. And has 10% left. I do think that, like, he must do a lot of that. Like, whenever he... You noticed it. Whenever he goes on TV and stuff, like, Bitcoin Cash pops. I'm going to flush 5%. I'm going to convert 5 move move 5% I, over. I mean, who else would that be? I wouldn't be surprised if that's why Bitcoin Cash is 50% up or something. Before his CNBC appearances? Yeah. It's Every almost, single almost time. Like, oh, Veer's going on TV. Yeah. Every single time. So, I mean, if he's doing that, and he's like, I think he's just giving his money away, which is great. Well, given that was a long time ago, I hope he's burning through it. I think that people don't quite realize. Like, you, you being an, a, a Florida man, understand how pink sheets work, I imagine. No? I mean, pink sheets are weird. They're just ICOs. And what's real strange about them is sometimes you'll get a pink sheet stock. Like, let's say someone will offer you pink sheets in exchange for service. So you'll get, like, they basically print money, just like an ICO. And you'll get these pink sheet stocks, uh, and what you'll find out, and this is the same with, like, buying a shell corporation. You'll find out that some guy out there holds, like, 15 million shares and just keeps selling it every time the price gets to, like, 12 cents or something. And it just keeps the price down. And I feel like there's a lot of a lot of these coins that have these big holders that are just kind of like selling out into Bitcoin. And I, maybe that's when they collapse is when those guys stop doing that. Hmm. Like every time it gets to 15 cents, I don't know, maybe Veer like, you know, it, with Veer, in Veer's case, it's going the other way. But like I, I could see a lot of these coins where there's a big holder who's holding them and just kind of selling out. And there's just, you know, there's really nobody else supplying. What happens with pink sheets is when when that guy runs out, sometimes they do a run up. Which is interesting, because they don't have that person, you know, supplying supplying that. But with with a lot of this stuff, there's actually not really a lot of demand. Right, right. I'd wonder what would happen if like liquidity would just disappear for a lot of that, and you'd look at these, you know, charts, and all of a sudden trade would be like very low volume. Because I don't think volume can sustain in this industry with all of these coins forever. Right. I mean, pink sheets have such low volume. And a correspondingly short lifespan. Yeah. Well, well, this seems like it's like blockchain is run by fervor. Like we're in the middle of this weird, weird ass pump shit. I can't believe how long it's lasted. On the other side of it, though, aren't some of these like, let's say, top 20 
like let's say there's 20 fucking shit coins that people may actually keep trading and have enough volume to go for a long time. Yeah. So for example, when like the A16Z made that announcement this past week, one of the things that they mentioned was that they want to do more investment into cryptocurrencies, whatever that means. But like that sounds like that sounds like they're looking at shit like I don't know Zcash. And going well, this is actually something that people we want to buy and hold for. Well, a long even time. weirder, they're, they're planning on being uh, what certified financial planners, right? CFPs, or R- financial advisors. RA. But don't they have to register for that? Like, isn't there a fiduciary responsibility suddenly? I don't know how they could possibly legally recommend crypto investments. Maybe if it was businesses. Interesting. Like companies, like they want to be in crypto. Yeah, not non tokens. I I agree with you. I can't imagine. I, I when I read that, I was like, I don't see how that's possible, unless like we're in a, in a in a world here where we just believe the SEC doesn't do anything, which seems to be true of the the token stuff. Like the SEC sat around and done nothing forever. Well, it took a while to start doing some. But things. they still like yeah. But we we've talked about this a number of times where the, like the SEC sits on the sidelines and the whole industry. Will or not just the SEC, but like the government sits on the sidelines. A whole industry will develop a certain way, and there are legitimate people that like maybe entered an industry. So a good example would be I don't know uh, drug rehab facilities, right? Where you have uh, you know these facilities that are operating in a certain way, and then all of a sudden corruption enters. You know you have to compete. It's the government doesn't come in and do anything for ten years. So you have the legitimate facilities like well fuck it we have to do the same thing. So I, I don't know how long this can possibly last, but at some point, you know, the government has to come in and crack down on it, I would think. Mm-hmm. And then the question is, who gets fucked? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Either. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. So, like, maybe, maybe A16Z is going to eventually face have to face that. Maybe for maybe maybe not. Maybe maybe the SEC, maybe these like or the the regulators are going to never do anything. I don't know. It's get, we're getting in a weird spot here where, like, the regulators seem completely and utterly insouciant about the matter of uh, ICO legality. Just completely done. It's just not – it's, like, not on their minds, which weirds me out. Hmm. But, you know, maybe ICOs are legal. Maybe you could just, like, issue a stock on the blockchain and, you know, you'll never get caught. Or, or you'll get caught, but you'll, your, your holdings will be worth $65 million. You'll get, like, a $2 million fine, which, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll take that. The uh, dream market's gone. Yeah. They ceased operations just completely this week, huh? Yeah. That blew my mind. Yeah. Couldn't believe it. Because they were around for a long time. They were were, were the longest running one. They were big. Yeah. So I don't know if, like, that's... Who who knows what's going on there? You you never know what this shit... Which, by the way, this... I I guess this is a newer website, but darkwebnoobs.com is covering all things dark web related. Which was kind of cool. I think they've been around a while, but I'm not sure. If they were, then I missed it completely. Because yeah. I like they've had they have a bunch of stories of stuff recently that because like that subreddit doesn't exist anymore. So the oh, dark net right. market subreddit. So this is uh like I the, forgot about that. Yeah. So it's like where do you go for like a single source to find out like what's going on currently with the dark net market stuff? And this site has they they show the uptime. They show what what's currently available. In terms of like what markets are available, really? Yeah, like they list them. I don't. They can't be. I wonder how long that lasts. Must, yeah, I don't think for very long. So, I wonder um, if that like is covered under like First Amendment stuff. 
Because all, all you're doing is checking if a site's there or not. Yeah. And if it's if it exists. This, and, and they're not they're not like it's not like a forum where people are talking and they could. This typo squatting scam was hilarious too. I like I couldn't I couldn't believe that. Yeah. Which, I, how long that that went? Yeah. Which is so funny. That makes so much sense. Like, who, you, have you ever used the dark web? I didn't think so. Uh, so the, <laughs> the the way that it works for those who've never done it, like you have a long a long URL, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a dot onion address, yeah. but it it looks like a Bitcoin address. It's super long and it's super like inscrutable. Yeah, I think it, you might even have to like mine, like put work towards getting the address. Yeah. So somebody found an address that was similar to another market. And then basically just sat there. They built a market, and then they just scammed people out of I don't know how much. Was it? Well, they did like, it of of, a, of multiple more than one site, right? And scammed over a period of like two years. The guy accumulated two hundred Bitcoin from it, <laughs> and he just posted, uh, like a a page on each one of the sites saying, "Oh, I, I scammed you. Like I'm at, I'm done now. Thank you, thank you." And here's the link to the actual site. You like retired. Which I thought would be funny if, he, if the link was actually a fa- another fake Another link. scam, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, this guy scammed me, but now Thank he you. Gave me, thanks for giving me the real yeah. link. Scammed again. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it, though. He, he, like, retired. And that's the thing that gets me is that these, these markets tend not to do that. I would think that if you were, I don't know, Ross Ulbricht or something like that, you made $80 million, you'd be like, okay, who wants the site now? Who else wants to make a bunch of money? You do that, and then you hand it to the next guy. I would have thought that that's how they operated, but it's not been the case. They've like just operated forever. Like Dream Market's been on for I don't know six years now, five years, four years. It's it's a long time. Something like yeah. I, I don't know how much they've made though. Like, but I, I imagine the operators of it have become very wealthy. What is, what does that site say about the volume? Is it is it the highest that it's ever been? Uh, on on this or is oh, it? Oh, I don't know. I wish they did like OKCupid okay style like audits of that traffic. I would I would bet that dark like the volume on these sites is higher than it's ever been. Do you think so? Yeah. Why, I, why do you say that? Because the think, sum think, of the think, sum across all sites. Because I think I think the problem is that you you have less like large sites like Dream and Alphabay that have like gone under or been seized, but you have so many more sites popping up. Yeah, I, I think I, I think more and more people are learning how to do this. It, and, it is, and it is worth about noting it. that like whatever traffic is on them seems to support like thirty dark market sites. So it's not just like yeah, it used to be just Silk Road, right? Like the amount of uh, sites that are around has gone up. Right. Did you did you look at the Augur thing? We talked about Augur a bunch. Like the last few months. Yeah. So this was uh, I th- I saw a couple things, but they like this was like a definitive. Um, there's actually research done by Binance, I think. I, what I like about these exchanges that they're doing, like Bitmex is doing some stuff. I think Binance is doing some stuff. They're putting out like research reports. Of Bitmex shit is the out. best research reports. Binance, I don't trust at all. Yeah. I feel but, like Binance did their research by reading a Reddit thing because yeah. like, that was <laughs> that's probably what happened. <laughs> well, they said they said that there are certain outcomes that are they'll resolve to invalid or yeah. something. So if you start uh, making bets on things that are definitely going to be like invalid, then you can like take the you can take one side of the bet and, and on an invalid uh, outcome, it just pays the the amounts back 
to the people. Okay. Or like the out the odds back or something. So like if you keep like making those, you can like uh, you can make money off. Like them. the current the, the the ending odds or the odds that you went in at. Like I don't understand how you make more money doing that. I don't either, but that's what I read. Interesting. Um. So like, there's just some. I I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's a. Uh, uh, I don't know, but it, it seems like th- like that that that. I that, know that Joey Krug th- was all over this and trying to like sort of explain it, but I think they're doing some sort of update on Augur to combat it. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know that you can. I mean, I like how ramp- is no liquidity anyway? How, how, I don't know how rampant is anything like this actually I, happening? Because th- there's, there's eleven people. people using it. Yeah. So like I don't know, maybe one in every ten markets, and then Once the a other while, some guy tries it. One of the one of those eleven guys is a scammer. He does it, and then the other ten guys give him their money. Yeah, like that, that's that's that would be my assumption. There's no there's no liquidity on Augur. Mm. So I I don't know. Like I I wonder how long these projects. Like the, the thing with the DAPS is that there's all these projects that are DAPS, and I'm wondering when they look, they kind of get thrown in the dustbin, and they still exist because they're fucking decentralized apps. But when when do they disappear? Like when do their teams leave them? When do these children stop like producing this bullshit? Like when do they when do they leave the projects? It seems like never. Mm. They're gonna do it for ten years. Post blockchain, right? That's like, well, yeah. Like is Augur just gonna be like? I have a feeling that a lot of these guys are gonna start becoming just companies, and they're gonna be like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna found the Augur company. We're taking it off the blockchain. You can use Bitcoin uh, to like make payments on our site. That seems to me to be like the the sort of game plan for a lot of this stuff. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Ethereum goes the same way. Where they just kind of, it just becomes a platform. Microsoft co-ops it, you know, buys the network, quote unquote, and then uh, and and then just kind of says, you know, you can build Ethereum contracts and like go sells it to Wells Fargo. But they revamp the whole thing. They take it off of Ethereum's, you know, bullshit code, and they allow you to just do exactly what banks have always done, but this time now in like C, instead of what OCaml or whatever the fuck they program in. Oh, you mean the banks? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, 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 it could be that, like, a lot of this stuff gets brought in-house. I could see a lot of these dApps just becoming companies. Most of them will die as companies. Most of them aren't successful now, but, like, Joe, Lube, Joe, Joe Lubin had, uh, had been supporting so many of them. Yeah. And, like, for so long, regardless of whether they had users. Yeah, the question is how yeah, how, how they die and like what that looks like. That's what I'm but wondering. It, like when when do the, when do they leave the project? Ever? Never? Like it just it baffles me that they're still doing this stuff. Like they're still on the project even with no users. Netflix should do a documentary on this guy, like the Fire Festival. The like Augur stuff? Lo- oh Lube. yeah, dude. Yeah. Made a lot of money through it at like companies that had no prospects. I think he just likes being big bots. Big Because the Netflix documentary stuff, like of the Fire Festival. Yeah, that style. Oh, that style. Did you hear? Did you hear the interview with the guy? Like the what? That what Bitcoin did guy is interviewing like some interesting. He interviewed one of the guys there. Did you know that the the fucking the scammer guy from Fire Festival sold his life rights to Hulu? No way. Yeah. So that's why they're. That's why they interviewed him. So he, I think that's where he like got some money to like. Like I, I I swear to God that I heard that, and I think that's probably the case. The guy probably sold his life rights to one of these companies to do the documentary or part as part of the deal for. So 
what I thought was would be funny. Is that a flaw in the system that you can run a giant scam and then sell your life rights? I thought there were laws to keep you from. Uh, you think so? You can't profit on someone dying, right? Yes, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, but I think you can sell your life rights even if, if you're a you scammer. Just totally ruin someone financially. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's a Jack Black movie on Netflix. I would. I would think that you'd have to like pay those people back. I guess that, like that's what courts are for. So, uh, my guess is that he probably has a lot of people who have uh, well, money they're owed. How could he violate his life right? How could he violate that contract? Or that, 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 that thing. Because I think it'd be funny when he gets out of jail, if he, like, does another scam and violates it, and then, like, they're like, hey, like, you owe us more money now because you just violated it. And so then they have to make another document. What do you mean violate the, the life right? Yeah, they already have or, it. Well, like, but, but like, what does life right do mean? I don't know. Like, is it up to the age of, like, 35 they have, like, the right to make a video or something? He can sell anything after that? Is that, like, a structured settlement? Well, does he still, <laughs> does that mean that he can make, he can make something on him? Like, in other words, does selling your life rights mean that you can still do something with your life? Like, he, he could make his own documentary about him. Uh, he couldn't. He couldn't make a movie about himself. Right. Yeah. That, that's my. Correct. That's, I think that's th- correct. But so, what if he did? And then they made another documentary about him. I, I don't violating. think it's a documentary. I think it's literally like I think you can make a documentary about anybody, but like I think the life rights thing would be like a movie. Oh, a movie. Or a book or something like that. Well, then they make a movie about him violating the life rights. By, like, making his own documentary yeah, about it? Like, yeah. that, that'd be weird. Or making his own <laughs> show about himself. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what those contracts like are. Like, how That's far? Like Anyone that, wants to buy Sean's life rights? They're on sale for, like, 20 bucks. <laughs> did OJ make any money on the book If I Did It? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> That's That's pretty. Probably not, not enough to not go, like, rob a store, though. Isn't he in jail now for like thief thievery? He stole his own stuff back. Oh well, that makes sense. I guess that's okay. Well, not, when, <laughs> not, not when you're armed. Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Interesting. I, I don't realize that. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't. I think you can. Like, I, I guess I, it makes I sense. I, like, here's the thing. A lot of these guys, like, uh, what's the Wolf of Wall Street guy's name? Jordan. Belfort. Belfort. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he sold his life rights, but I think he has like a hundred million dollars in uh, in actions against him. So he owes like a ton of people a ton of money. So they buy his life rights. You know, these lawyers probably show up like gamblers at like casinos after someone's like won a poker game or something like that. All of his lenders. Hey, nice to see you. Heard you have some money. <laughs> yeah, you can actually track the chip counts on online for the major tournaments. So you can see, oh, he's in the top hundred. Oh, really? he made the top fifty. Nice. I'm gonna get paid back today. I'll be we're rooting uh, for him. Get on the uh, let's get on the airplane. <laughs> yeah. So book, I, yeah. book the flight. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think I think that's the case. I think like I think that what's going on is he probably has a lot of judgments against him, and uh, I don't know what he owes for the fire festival twenty million, thirty million. Like, how much could he sell his life rights for? I, I don't know. I would hope it's nowhere remotely near that number. Yeah, it's, I mean, it seems like a, it seems <laughs> like a shitty. So. It seems like a shitty movie. So. Like I only he, like, watched one of the documentaries. He goes, he like goes to Ja Rule's office. That's the beginning of it, and then like, you know, the the, the rest of the movie sounds very boring. It's a good documentary, but I, I don't know that it'd be a good movie. They had a they had a, a clip of Ja Rule at halftime trying to hype the crowd up, and they went radio silent. Really? On him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where? 
I think it was Atlanta or Milwaukee Bucks game. I'm not sure. I think everybody, let's go. You guys ready to get get excited tonight? Everyone just, I Dude, guess. Oh. He goes, I guess not. Is that the new? <laughs> just kept it moving. And is that the one new? Those old hits. Is yeah. that the new? Uh, the, the new like uh, business for millennials? Then like run a scam, sell your life rights. Because that's Elizabeth Holmes. That's going to happen with. In fact, I think she already. There's a movie coming out with Jennifer Lawrence. Um, really? Yeah. As Elizabeth Holmes, which is funny to me, because like now everyone's going to think Elizabeth Holmes is hot. Yeah, they did their big favor. Right? They're like, oh, they're like, they're like, okay, so we need your life rights, and she's like, okay, but you got to make me hot. I want Jennifer Lawrence, or you gotta, you know, revive Steve Jobs and put a wig on him. I'll even take less money if you get Jennifer Lawrence. Right? If you get Jennifer, I I just got to be hot. So she she would talk in a deeper voice, right? Oh yeah, she would do this. Yeah. Yeah, and it wasn't sexy. It sounded weird. Every time I heard her talk, I'm like, what the fuck is up with the voice? I saw a parody video of that before knowing about that, and it was so good that it looked like her, and it was so weird. And I, I thought it was, it was too surreal, very bizarre, but it was a girl with the same hairstyle changing her voice to try to sound like a man and... Um, uh, oh I'm yeah, gonna, I saw that. You, yeah. Oh, you, you, you sent it to me. Okay, I wasn't sure if it was, you got it. It was fucking great. Like th- these, but yeah, these millennial businesses are hilarious to me because they're all scams. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's the play. I think you sell your life rights, go to jail for a few years. Like she'll walk away like with five, ten million dollars. But none of these stories story that that might be the interesting story, and that's it. I could see that. The people behind them are just uninteresting. Like, yeah, but did she want to make five or ten million dollars, or did she want to change the world? Because I, I would assert she probably wanted to make five or ten million dollars. Did she make a hell of a lot more than that? I, I, yeah, but it's all been taken away, so now she has nothing, right? Yeah, but you got to look at the high watermark. Uh, okay. Uh, then she was like worth like three billion dollars or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. She has. She did live it up. She really did. They. They they were they were like she's the youngest female self made billionaire. Yeah, that, that was the that was the article that was like. Run That's an amazing title to capture. I don't it really know how is. you like, had. Like, like, well, I also want to know like they, you can't take that away, right? Like that's still true. You throw an asterisk like uh, in baseball with the but steroids. I, why? Like if she if she made a billion dollars on the backs of a lie, she made a billion bucks. If she was a drug dealer, she still made a billion bucks. That's the thing about Calvin Air. I I'm I'm not sure, but I. I think he. They're all paper earnings. I think he was on the Forbes cover. He, he kind of came out of nowhere, made the Forbes billionaire list, and, and I, I don't think he lasted that long. That's fine though. But, like but it's, forever known yeah. as a billionaire. Yeah, it's, it's all paper it's, earnings for the rest of his life. Like all of these, like all Silicon Valley uh, earnings, I feel like are just paper earnings. Like Elon Musk, all paper. He's taking out mortgages and stuff. He's taking three mortgages recently. And there's a lot of speculation that if the price of Tesla falls below, I think, like 240, like a lot of those banks will call in these loans. And that'll be interesting. <laughs> I think he just flees to South Africa. And just, and just like hangs out on Twitter. Well, I've been trying to think about like what would my play be if I were Elon Musk? I think that like I would at some point, if I realized that the company was going to go bankrupt, I think I'd just disappear. Just go away. I think he's setting up an insanity plea with the whole Dogecoin stuff and all this other. You think so? You th- like, but, but what would that do? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> Elon, are you insane? Yeah. Well, you stole two hundred million dollars while insane. So, like, yeah, yeah, you're insane, but you still owe that. 
Well, you've seen people try to fake insanity. It's pretty funny. Yeah. He's gotten himself involved in a lot of uh, crazy stuff with his uh, with his girlfriends and uh, you know. Oh like, yeah. And Twitter. I mean, it's well documented. Well, there, there's that, and then but there's a lot of like history with Tesla. Like they they did the like solar uh, city deal, which I think was like they they used Tesla money to bail that company out. Uh, there's just a lot of like speculation that the the books are a little bit cooked. I mean, a lot of executives leave. And you know they, it's just it's just weird, you know. There's there's actually a great uh, podcast called Hidden Forces that documents a lot of this stuff. It's it's phenomenal, and I just I am so curious as to what will happen if the the Tesla bears are right and Tesla goes down. So are we like? Is that really looking at? Because there's an army of Tesla Tesla bulls. Yes, there's there's an army of them. It's uh... but the Tesla bears are like. They 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 to me feel like the smart ones, but that might always be the case of shorters. It could also option just kick the can down the road, and no one could be right. I'm just trying to figure out how long people can be like can do this for though. Like, is there a lot of stock that he could just show up and sell and have a bunch of liquidity again? He could have backers. You know his his brand is is worth a, a lot. Yeah, is Disney gonna buy it? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the play. They could make in the Star Wars movies all the uh, the vehicles be Tesla vehicles. He'd be the new Iron Man. Yeah. Okay, so I think we're on the last thing. The, the, the Van Beck stuff is hilarious. Can we talk about that? Yeah, with Lisa Chang. Fucking love this. <laughs> so Lisa Chang and her partner in Van Beck's had all of their shit seized, like accounts frozen. Yeah, they, they did it for Ether Party. For Ether Party, which, which yeah. is hilarious because we talked to them about Ether Party long before the ICO shit happened. They were uh, they were planning well, an Ether Party. Yeah, and, and <laughs> the, the most humorous thing is they had this this uh, guy jump in the, the chat. Who is telling us why Ether Party is a good idea? It sounded really stupid. And after like five minutes of questioning him, we all found out he was <laughs> he was thirteen. I think it was thirteen, right? Yeah, thirteen years old. He had a deep voice. And no, we didn't talk to him. He was like chatting in the, in the oh. Skype chat, and we all found out he was like thirteen. And like, uh, I, I think it was a surprise to Lisa as well at the time. I, she like business partnered with him. <laughs> it was like CEO of the company or something like that. Yeah. He was named like uh, Wit Jack or something. Oh, Jack Wit. Jack Wit. Yeah. Well, so th- this incarnation of Ether Party, they distanced themselves from that thing. I think or so. S- yeah. So like he wasn't involved. Yeah, which is but sad for him because he could have made a lot of money. Yeah, and it would have been it would have been legal because he was underage. That's what you got. That's what you got to do. Yeah, you, you got to. Like, he he would have been the fourteen year old drug dealer in the streets riding the bike. He'd be like, well, he's sixteen. We can't really do anything. But we can't like steal his Lambo. Because like he doesn't have one, he, he was just you know his parents took the money and he, they put it in his bank account. Real nice, but yeah, I think this one doesn't involve Jack. Right? Yeah, this right. is their. Yeah, this is the. Yeah, I, I know about this one. What does Ether Party even do? Uh, At the time, I remember being be, like a drag and drop smart contract. Yeah, they're, 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 they were doing. It was like a smart contract thing for shit for bullshit. But it was like, oh that oh that that's an ICO that probably like it's Lisa Chang. She's been here forever. She she's a seasoned scammer. So like, <laughs> or she's a seasoned shitcoin ICO person. She pumps them, yeah. She's she, a pumper. She knows she's the marketer of it. Well, she I, apparently she. Uh, so these uh, they, they froze these people's assets because right around the time that they did the ICO, they they each bought a bunch of cars and condos and shit. Uh, the the guy who's her partner uh, is apparently a gambler, and it was a lot Love of it. money. 
Love it. And uh, I I didn't catch it fully, but she made a statement that it's just an investigation into like what they're doing, and it, it doesn't mean that like either party in Bambex is fraudulent. I once hit on Lisa Chang. <laughs> I have a thing for Asians. You really do because <laughs> she's not that cute. She, she, she's, <laughs> she's fine. Not, she's just fine. Uh, Sean, Sean did it with me. <laughs> well, I, I went up and talked to yeah, her. Yeah, Sean told me. It was on it was on a TNABC uh, pre party. Here, here goes. He, he looks at her. He goes, uh, "You ever heard of Junseth?" And she goes, "No." He goes, "You will." <laughs> 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 And she did. She, did. <laughs> <laughs> she learned about you. <laughs> she was with the governor, Governor Walker's wife or daughter at that thing. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And she was cute. Yeah. 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 For you. <laughs> yeah, that's my type. <laughs> Thin, lanky, you know. No body. It's great. Six or seven, something like that. Yeah, like a ten. Yeah. <laughs> A John Seth seven. A John Seth seven is like a Sean three. three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Asian girls. Anyhow, she uh, uh, she. But they they responded so, to the 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 government seizure with uh, you know response. Yeah, they responded with a response. Yeah, which you know they're denying all wrongdoing. It's it's interesting to me. I, I'm curious as to how this is going to go down because it sounds like they they couldn't keep their dick in their pants. They got a bunch of money from the ICO. And then instantly went out and spent it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the worst thing to do. I would think you just hold it for a while. Like, you just, you're like 38 years old or something like that. You got a lot of years left. Yeah. Not only that, if you really, if, if you really think it's yours, just stop working. You're done. You did it. You don't, yeah. need, you don't need more than that. You got 30 million bucks from your ICO. You want to go buy your Lambos. Go ahead and do it. But, like, you don't got to work anywhere. You can kind of be done. Yeah. But you people get greedy and they they do that and 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 the people that are like looking at these and saying you're scamming and like there's legal things they they look at like those purchases and go oh like that's a lot of evidence that like you've defrauded people right like because you well I I am I don't know what the, their product actually looks like you know I'd be curious about that I uh, I, I was in their Telegram channel and like every two weeks on a Friday. Same time, one of the guys makes a update post about how they're doing. So and how was, are they doing? I don't know. I, I don't read them. But like, <laughs> it's it's like, hey, we're we're doing this or we're launching this. Either party. I mean, it, it sounded like they have things they're working on. Like you probably, it seemed, seemed like there was some activity there. Maybe not. Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how a lot of these other ICO things unwind. You know, it's weird though. Like the the SEC could have been stopping this as it was happening, but did nothing. They they just let them do it and waited until like these people had all bought Lambos and everything else, and then they step in. This is the Canadian version of that, I think. Cause yeah, Vancouver, they're Can, in, Vancouverites. They're in Canadian. Yeah, they're in Canada. Canada. I mean, like the SEC just look at this go like they made it. They were like, oh, we got it. We got to crack down on this. And then they were like, actually, this is more complicated because we. I don't know. It's it so it, new that we actually have to like we have to build more of a case here. I'm still confused as to what what is new about ICOs. Well, I think the we still have compliance. Like it, they just they're just pink sheet stocks to me. I, like I look at them like there's no difference. But maybe they think there's more to it, or they have to like they have to they have to be able to they have to be able to to build 
a reason as to I mean, even though they end up being the same thing as pink shots there's there's more crap there to filter through to kind of talk about to fully dissect what these things are maybe i mean like maybe you have to like get through what is bitcoin and then to, to get to the ico and that that that's taking a while no i, I mean I, I guess i admire that like if it, you know but i'm i'm still confused cuz it doesn't look to me as i've watched this it seems like there's a whole host of regulations that you can literally just map on to the ICO space. And it looks just like pink sheet stock regulation. These things are tokens. Like, they, they should be, if you're going to release a token that doesn't have extra utility in your company, which it doesn't. I'm sorry. Like, adding an arcade slot to your machine uh, of a weird company mm. doesn't make it necessary to have these tokens. I would I would think that they would need to be, like necessary to the operation of your company mm. you'd have to have like demonstrative demonstrative evidence of it that this is necessary to the functionality of your company um so like you know that to me would be would be uh the kind of thing that you would need but other than that i don't know how they're not just securities like for the most part they're all basically they, they they're like i mean i look i look at these things they're just they're releasing these things they have no utility and they're utterly just representations of the company yeah they look like equity and it's clear by the trading that everyone thought they were getting what you know amounted to equity yeah we'll ask anything else i don't know we done oh you've been following any of the back stuff i've been reading the updates it's like is there that, that was that's been a project that's always been like oh it's i, I think it's funny they're, they're like buying shit before they even have like launched <laughs> they named their de- board this week, declaring a valuation of eight hundred million. Yeah. Well, they're definitely worth that. Definitely, right? Because these ICOs were worth like eight hundred million. What was that? What, the uh, God damn it! The the one where they were making an ICO platform for ICOs. How did they even remotely just? How did they even remotely raise money on that valuation? I don't know. They they haven't launched anything yet. I mean. The entire market cap of uh, the stuff they're trading is twenty a hundred times that maybe. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. Do they think they're going to get that much volume? I mean, like, why would people choose backed over like Gemini or Coinbase or something like that? Mm-hmm. I think their presumption is they're going to get like institutional investors, and thus the volume will increase a hundred times. I don't know. Like it, it seems nuts to me. Eight hundred million's a crazy value. A hundred times more than the number one exchange right now doesn't put like. Well, Coinbase is valued at a ridiculous billions. I think billions plural. Now. I imagine. I mean, I think they put a shit ton of money through that during the pump. Yeah. Speaking of Coinbase, didn't they uh, open up Ripple to their pro? Probably. I think they did. I think they. If allowed... you were trying to screw that company up, I, I can't imagine it looking much different than their <laughs> than their last plan of uh, one year roadmap. Yeah, I keep wondering if they're like trying to get like Fidelity to buy them or something like that. And I just mean, like... unless they're just la- unless they're just getting paid so much money to list to, to, because of their influence that anything that gets listed on Coinbase is going to get bought. So. They're getting just, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know, but like, is it just that they have so much money? It's going to cost the government a lot to like force them to comply. I, I don't, I don't understand uh, how it is that these companies are like operating. It seems like in 2019, you can freeze regulation with enough cash. That, that's what it seems like. Yeah, I agree. You just spray a bunch of cash at it. Someone like I, it, the how VCs many, figured this out. Yeah. Like, if you have a billion dollars, 
then it doesn't matter. You can make X amount. You, you can, make X amount of money. Right. You, what you could do, you could start a market to like murder people, and like you just it's fine. It's totally cool. But yeah, I agree. It, it seems like you absolutely can freeze regulation uh, if there's enough cash flowing into something. It's very weird. Oh, question for you. I was, I was thinking about this, the gig economy this week. And like, is, okay, is Uber any different than the Mexicans who sit outside Home Depot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> hmm. Think about it. Because I think I think Hispanics invented the gig economy. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Think about, like what's the difference? Well, the, your Uber driver comes with documentation. <laughs> Does he like, really? A name? Yeah, you see his name in the photo. I guess that's that's the yeah. difference. The Mexican doesn't yeah. come with any documentation. That's kind of the problem, right? Yeah. Looks <laughs> <laughs> like Piod. That's right, lifted. That's that's why I was thinking about this this week. A sixteen Z. They were an investor on Lyft, right? Uh, I or think so. Was it Lyft or Uber? Uh, I don't know. One of the two, or maybe both. Because I was like, oh, I thought it was Lyft, and then they Who made the didn't invest in Lyft. GM like, invested in Lyft. Like I was, uh, yeah. yeah, it was like yeah, but right after Ashton Kutcher right, bought like a shit ton. I, probably. <laughs> yeah. Lyft was the winner. That was the one that we knew would win in the first place. I would imagine like, <laughs> the majority of Silicon Valley bought Lyft. Yeah. Like, that that would not surprise me at all. I feel like there's like the IPO space, and then there's like Silicon Valley. It's like everything basically is IPO'd in California. I feel like every Californian has a share of this stuff. Yeah. And then the rest of the country is like, oh, it's IPOing tomorrow. And California's like, yeah, fucking get fucking rid of this <laughs> shit. So many people dump it. Like, the price of Lyft, it, it went up, and then it's it's back down, like, way, way, way down. But that's how these companies, they, they get out with the, mo- they get out with the but money. But it used to be that when you would do an IPO, your stock would shoot up after the thing. But this is just a way to, like, sell it to it's, the public. It, that's exact, I think that this is a way for VCs to dump their shit. Yeah. That's that's what it feels like these days. That's Well, that that's... Seems to be exactly the case. That's 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 how you do it. you raise a lot of money for something like Lyft that's not profitable because Uber's not. I mean, it's the same thing. They're not profitable, and then it's like, well, how, how do we make our money back? Oh, I, I look well, at I think, IPO, they only, I think they only raise like two billion dollars. Really? Yeah. How much did Uber raise? Like no, like two in, in the IPO. I mean. Oh yeah. Okay. I think that Uber's raised. I don't know upwards of I don't know, thirty million, thirty billion by this point, or some some ridiculous amount. They burned through some egregious amount every quarter. They burned through like a billion dollars a quarter or something like that. It's it's insane. Hmm. But back to my question. What's the difference? There's <laughs> an app. <laughs> so, okay. So th- that was what I was thinking. It's like if, if there's an app, could you could you do like an app where you like summon the Mexicans to your house? <laughs> yeah. The problem is they don't have iPhones. <laughs> well, the problem <laughs> the problem is now 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 you have a, a way to like ice would ice would u- utilize that a lot. Oh, that's probably true. Like, yeah, like it have to be a very privacy preserving type of app. Meet here. <laughs> <laughs> is that Ari Shafir who does those videos from the like the early two thousands where he goes to Home Depot, picks them up, and then takes them to the ice offices? <laughs> yes. It's one of the fucking funniest videos I've ever seen on, on YouTube. 
I love that shit. All right, I think that's everything, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for listening. This is Jones the Chucking Up the Deuce of the South, the Mass Senate, going peace, St. Catherine. Pray for us. <laughs>